Hello, it is Coach Us Up Chuck Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021. 12, 22, 21. That's a palindrome. Okay, same forward as it is backwards. Uh, today's show, I think, is a pretty good one. We'll be off the next two days as we celebrate the hell out of Christmas and the holiday as a whole. This is the first time we've ever done this, and we might have gotten soft, but we can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes on this glorious day. We'll be back for Overreaction Monday, but boy, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. The boys were on fire. AJ Hawk live in the attic. Ian Rappaport, Sham Sharania, Dalvin Cook, Chuck Pagano. Let's have a good one here as we head into an incredible weekend to get away a little bit. Can't thank you all enough. If you enjoy the show by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's get to it. Beautiful Coach Yourself Chuck Wednesday here at YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McAfee Show. will be the last show of this week. Ah, man. Long weekend, extended weekend. The boys are getting soft. We're having uh, (laughs) tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to celebrate the holiday that is, you know, Christmas and the holiday season as a whole. It's more so the spirit of, you know, getting back with the families, having a good time, relaxing, and then coming back on Monday after an incredible run of football is about to happen. Thursday night football. Football should be absolutely electrifying. Then whenever you think about, I mean, that's Niners-Titans. I mean, that's playoff. Oh, yeah, Here we yeah. go. Implications. AFC South football being represented there by the Titans. Will they win? Ooh. The AFC South, or will they get cold here with a hot Niners team? And the Colts are about to go on a run. They're playing on Saturday night against the Arizona Cardinals. Packers-Browns, Saturday afternoon. Then an entire slate on Sunday that includes the Steelers and the Chiefs. Ooh. Washington and Dallas. Damn. And numerous games in between. We're about to hit. An incredibly impeccable time of all of our lives. So, as Foxy and Zito figure out what's going on (laughs) behind the glass with the microphones on, which I appreciate, boys. I know you're working very hard. We should look forward to great days ahead, and we can't wait for it. Yesterday's games were fantastic. The Philadelphia Eagles, holy hell. Whoa. Boys can run the football. They can. They had a 130-yard rusher in uh, Miles Sander uh, and a 130-plus-yard receiver in, uh, I think, Goddard. Dallas, yeah. I think Goddard. First time, I think, in Eagles history or something like that, or first time in a long time in Eagles history. I mean, they're running the ball. Remember, at the beginning of the season, everybody's saying, hey, Coach Sirianni, why don't you run the fucking ball, dude? Mm. All right? This is a seven-on-seven. Then Sirianni kind of settled in over there, it seemed like. And we had weekly press conferences, and although he does speak much differently and he doesn't give the candid answers that all other coaches do, it feels like he's got this team ready to go. Jalen Hurts is balling right now. He's basically a rookie also. I mean, that should be talked about. Mm -hmm. Last season, clusterfuck of a season, just like Tua's uh, season last year with the Dolphins. It was uh, a lot of complications, obviously a lot of drama. Numerous people end up leaving the building. Nate Sudfeld was replacing Jalen at some point last year. I mean, there it was a lot. So this is his real first year. And everybody knows of Jalen from Alabama and the situation, then going to Oklahoma, doing his thing, getting drafted late. But everybody said they loved him. He comes into Philly. They said all he wanted to do was work, become a starter. He is the starter. At one point in the offseason, they said, we're going to build around this guy. Then they walk that back like two days later. Just a complete clusterfuck, and it seems like they have found balance. We thought the Philadelphia Eagles were going to be a dumpster fire. We said, hey, Houston, good chance. Jacksonville, good chance. And then the Philadelphia Eagles might be 
right up there whenever it comes to dumpster fire situations is people were firing and departing and leaving and drama and this guy's an idiot and accountants doing this this whole thing and they have found a rhythm i mean this team jalen hurts was throwing seeds Devonte smith was making some plays last night that are absolutely filthy he's young he's only going to grow the defense was now it's gary gilbert all right okay yeah. fair yeah fair fair but if you look back the last, like, eight games, seven games, the Philadelphia Eagles don't look now. Coach Sirianni's got a squad joining us, obviously fresh off a massive victory on a Tuesday early evening. Uh, Coach Sirianni is here. What, Coach Sirianni, thank you for joining us today. We're uh, right next to at Boston Connor. What has been going on? When did you know that the boys were going to get going? And I was watching you last night. A little bit different demeanor than at the beginning of your stint. It feels like you've really settled into your role here. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people like to poke and joke and laugh and that kind of stuff. Make fun of me. I'm one of the best fucking coaches in the NFL. It's as simple as that. I mean, we've ran for over, what, 150 yards, like seven, eight weeks in a row. I'm an offensive genius and guru. Uh, it's kind of taken a little bit for people to finally notice that. But, you know, and we were talking about the Gardner Minshew era a couple weeks ago. Jalen's our guy. Okay? Oh, God. Jalen's no. really fucking good quarterback. What about him. Flint uh, Minshew yeah. and Gardner outside? Yeah, doing- you know, that was a great story. Uh, it warmed my heart quite a bit. But once we're trying to win fucking football games. And uh, oh, Jalen Hurts, <laughs> he's a guy. He's a dude. So, yeah, you might see you know my – my mannerisms and whatnot, and I'm not saying as many, you know, growing the soil. I'm not doing that as much <laughs> now that we're winning. Granted, you know, I've gotten some some good faith around the city. We got a good football team, okay? You know, they, there's a fluke interception last night off the shoe. I'm thinking, you know, if we lose this fucking game, people will never, ever let me hear the end of it. <laughs> But, you know, we settled in a little bit, and, you know, that's all you got to do. You run the football. Jalen still can't really beat anybody with his arms. What? So we, Whoa. Yeah, Coach, last night I saw him on the run, yeah. back shoulder Devontae. Now, I guess it could have been a little tighter spot, you know, because he threw it. Mm-hmm. Devontae made an incredible catch. But I thought to myself, this is a rookie quarterback base. Now, second year. And you weren't there. It was a clusterfuck before you got there, Coach. Obviously, you have turned this entire thing around somehow, some way, through all of your incredible speeches and quotes. But I thought Jalen could throw the ball a little bit. He looked a lot better than I thought he was going to look. He, lo- yeah. he looked unbelievable. And again, the key with Jalen is you know you give him ten to seventeen carries every single game, along with you know the running game that I basically just ignored for the first six seven weeks of the season, kind of. You know, I don't want to say not tipping our hand a little bit, but, you know, we just we let people know that we, hey, listen, we're going to run the football, we're going to run down your throat, and we're going to win football games. They'll never give it to me, but I am the coach of the year. <laughs> They'll never give it to me. But, you know, hey, Eagles might make the playoffs. We're going to make the playoffs, baby. A big Sunday night football game in the NFC East, by the way, with the Cowboys and the Washington football yep. team. Uh, that will have big implications because the Cowboys currently 10-4. and four. I understand the Eagles are trying to make a run, and they definitely are doing that and congrats to coach Sirianni obviously and thanks for stopping by. Thank you, coach. Thanks for stopping by. I'm I'm assuming whenever the uh, jawline from Ohio joins us. Coach Sirianni is going to have to come back on the horn. So <laughs> if you could potentially uh, wait around, that'd be great. They Their offensive linemen, like Kelsey and the oh, boys. Yeah, Lane. Hey, they get moving now, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So Sirianni now has the opportunity to draw up some, uh, you know, outside shit, some draws, some some screen games, some, you know, outs- like they're running – they're pulling three offensive linemen at yeah. times. And they're all in front of run, running fast pace, 15 miles an hour. I, I, I mean, I think we're all trying to guess how fast everybody's running because mm-hmm. we see the laser and we have the speedometer on everybody now afterwards because 
Hashtag stat that, dude. Okay. So you're trying to figure out how fast people are going. And, and normally whenever you see an offensive lineman out there, his block is normally scaring the shit out of somebody from getting in the way. So there's not many big time collisions, especially with the new rule where the guys can't go low or whatever. So mm -hmm. the everybody I think that doesn't know football is, you know, is it like not a diehard football fan. They'll see those big guys go out there and they won't hit anybody. And they're like, oh, they didn't do anything. What do they even run out there for? It's like, well, somebody decided not to come right. to the area because it was there. So it actually did work. With how fast those fucking offensive linemen are, it feels like they can get out and really get going. And that happens for a extended period of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a weapon for them. And Kelsey's, he's been around a long time yeah, doing mm -hmm. this, I feel like. He's still got it. That Kelsey family. Travis and Jason, not enough conversation about coolest dudes to come from the same sack on earth. Yeah, yeah. top five. Incredible athletes, too, from over there in Ohio. I think they're from Cleveland. I think they're uh, – They went to Cincy. Westlake is yeah. Cleveland. Yeah. yeah, I think they're from Cleveland. They went to Cincy. Obviously, we see Travis Kelsey still outrunning people in uh, 10 years into his career, and he's going to be one of the greatest of all time whenever he's done conversation for greatest of all time because how much he's changed the game and how many Super Bowls they can win here at the end will be a part of that entire conversation. But that, is, that was awesome to watch. And then the other game um, – you know, the fucking, the fucking Super Bowl's hit, boys. Yeah! Hey, Super Bowl's hit, boys. Hey, listen. Don't look meow. All right, I don't want anybody to get too excited. Let's not overreact too much. No, okay. Sure. okay. That's for Monday. Well, there was games yesterday, though, so today would could technically be yeah. a Monday in the NFL True. world. You know, because if you're playing on a Saturday, everything gets moved up a day. So we are potentially on a Monday to the games that happened yesterday, especially with the Super Boost hitting for the second time in a row. Welcome to Overreaction Wednesday. We fucking did it, dude. Yeah. Solved it. Did we figure it out? Yeah. Uh -huh. It certainly appears as if. Equation is beat. I think we figured it out. We did two in a row. Now we got to go for three. That'll be tomorrow night, obviously, on Thursday Night Football as the Niners travel to Tennessee to take on the Titans Ooh. in a matchup that has playoff implications. And the Super Boost will hit for the third straight time but let's talk about this rams squad now the seahawks you know that's interesting because yeah, you watch pete carroll and you have immense amount of respect for that man as a football coach yeah and you see russell westbrook and you or, or russell see him too hey, seeing him not playing there you see russell wilson though you see russell wilson and you think man i'm used to them playing really good football i have a lot of respect for them playing football then you see their record on the screen right next to it, and you see like the game that's being played, either on the defensive side of the ball, I know they're without Jamal Adams, or on the offensive side of the ball, and they're without Ty Lockett. I get it, everybody has injuries though. This is something that happens in the NFL. That's why you see the teams that go into win load up in those positions so that when injuries inevitably come, they still have people on deck. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, potentially not playing rest of the year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know about Mike Evans, but Godwin and Leonard Fournette out for the rest of the year. Antonio Brown, Gronk, Scott, they still, you know, that would normally take an entire team mm -hmm. out. Yeah. We don't have enough weapons. Buccaneers, Mike Greenberg down there, Bruce Arians, and Jason, Jason, Light. Jason Light have done an incredible job of loading up in those positions. So I guess uh, it could be corrected, but the Seahawks have injuries at some positions that have made them look very terrible. Mm -hmm. And you think about what happened in the offseason and now going forward for what this season and what the future could hold with more, you know, potential landing spots for Russell Wilson to go. What's Pete Carroll going to do? He wants starters in return because he doesn't want to rebuild. There's no way. What are we looking at in Seattle? That is a conversation that's going to be very loud in the offseason, and the Seahawks fans aren't going to be happy about it. We're going to get attacked for it because the only time we talk about the Seahawks is when something bad's happening. They're like soccer, baseball, or basketball yeah. on this show. Mm -hmm. So we do apologize for that. We would like to 
talk more positively. Mm -hmm. But those days of you guys just dominating were before we had a daily show. True. Sorry. So like, I'm I'm very sorry. And they're way the fuck up there. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Exactly. Probably late. Way up Like, way up there. You guys are so far. (laughs) Yeah. So far north left. Mm -hmm. I heard it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. I heard it's beautiful. Absolutely. You know, very cloudy and rainy. Pittsburgh, actually, more. Yeah, but I've heard it's good. And the fans are loud. And I I have a lot of respect for it. But it does feel like drama is circling that potential destination franchise program coming up here Mm -hmm. in the offseason. Just something to think about. But when you talk about the Rams now, Mm -hmm. here we go. So we were doing some math here. Cooper Cup is now 340 yards away from breaking Calvin Johnson's single-season record. Okay, this year there's 17 games, obviously, so there'll be an asterisk asterisk next to it if he breaks it. But he has the chance to do that in the next two weeks, which will be 16 games, which will be able to be comparable to Calvin Johnson getting it with Matthew Stafford as his quarterback as well so Matthew Stafford could account for and probably will account for the two top receiving years in the history of the NFL so that should go part of his resume whenever he's judged later for everything that's going to happen they're going to have to win a Super Bowl he's going to have to win some playoff games to get in conversation of the goat talk but there's a lot of people who have a lot of respect for him who you know are pointing out some facts that are and he was able to do it in Detroit And now Los Angeles, two very different places. Matthew Stafford still delivering the ball. But when you talk about Cooper Cup, they're using him in every every fucking play. He's becoming the Cooper Cup show. He was tight end, running back, slot, wide out, X, you name it. He was everywhere, and they were getting the ball. It felt like there was two series or so where every play, Matthew Stafford was just looking for Cup. And I wonder if uh, uh, McVay, like Odell Beckham Jr. is on the field. Mm -hmm. I wonder if the thought since... OBJ is now seeing how Cooper Cup is being used in that offense. If they add OBJ into do, and I have no idea, and everybody said, you know, OBJ plays a much different position than Robert Woods, and Robert Woods went down the same day OBJ went there, so they're not going to be able to just completely replace them. But it feels like what Cooper Cup has, OBJ has the ability to. And I think a lot of people actually say OBJ is tough. Imagine if they just have both of them doing that, because right now, Cooper Cup is must-see television. Mm-hmm. He's like Tyreek Hill on the field for the L.A. Rams, and it feels like McVay knows that. And it's like, hey, we are going to this guy. Everybody on the field knows he's getting the rock, and they can't stop him. It was a very boring game last night, yeah. but the Rams get a win over the Seahawks in a big division game. Matthew Stafford's on uh, on track to have the two highest receiving yards in the history of football. Yep. I mean, that's pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody... Said he stunk a couple weeks ago. Yeah, at Tone Diggs. At Tone Diggs. At Tone Diggs. Everybody. Congrats you know. on beating the Seahawks and, you know, the uh, Jaguars. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was the problem in Detroit, wasn't he, Tony? Uh, well, he was the quarterback, and that's the most important position, and he lost every single year. It oh. was fascinating. That is tough. That People will bring that up whenever the conversation happens. But if he has the two highest receiving yards and they win in L.A., I mean, I think that all that goes aside. Yeah, Pat Stafford. Oh. They're winning. That was a great division. All right, joining us now is a man who has the inside information on all of those things. I wonder if he could tell us a little bit more about Matthew Stafford. (laughs) Tony. Not Pat Pat Stafford. Stafford. Come on. That was a great cartoon. I, I thought it was wild. They just took a shot at him. Oh, I, yeah. no, really? that I mean, shot. there was a lot of artists. There was a lot of time invested yeah. in. You know, we're going to bury fucking Matt Stafford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I laughed. I mean, I laughed. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was incredibly clever. Joining us now is a man who is also that. And you can't spell comedian without this man's name. Ladies and gentlemen, senior NFL insider at NFL Network, NFL.com, and for the league as a whole, Ian Rappaport. Yay! What's going on, hey. dude? How's it going? Hey, shout out to that New Orleans meat and sandwich shop down there, dude. I can't wait to stop by. 
Yeah, Super Bowl is there in three or four years, I think. Oh, man, you got to take those um, things out yeah. again. Here, oh, no, hold on. Take them out. Hang on. Thank you, Rapture. Thank you. Ian. Thank you, Ian. Every time. Thank you, Ian. We're just trying to hear you. He's just he's just being a joker. Being oh, a funny guy. Call him uh, now we got to call him back. back. This guy. Look at him. What is going on with this guy? What the hell? That's a shame. Sometimes with him. I mean, what is the deal? He it takes the suit sense. off, you know. It's, it's just yeah. like, oh, oh, yeah. 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 day at the park. You and know? then, you know, I feel like whenever he calls us, he goes, Yeah. He calls for the internet. There's a lot of people that are watching this that had no idea what that is. That used to be what it was like to get online. Oh, yeah. Your your computer had to call somewhere. And it didn't just call like quietly no. or subtly. Mm-mm. It was so loud to tap mm-hmm. into the fucking internet. Ian just got done doing that again over there. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Reggie. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, uh, no. No. Oh, no. Oh. It's working? Oh, no. I mean, no. we can hear you. Plug into the NFL secure line. Can't you good do that? Lord. I mean, he's a good friend of the show, Ian. Yeah. But what he's doing right now, this AJ Hawk tech stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. not happening. Maybe someone else was calling while he was online because that will kick you off of online. Oh, and that also earlier whenever we called him to ask him if he was able to stop on. Again, a lot of Ian lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of NFL news happening. We're in December football. Come on. Right. We're December 22nd football, actually. I mean, so this is big time stuff. We need to know what the hell's going on. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us, uh, Ian Rappaport. Hey, uh, thank you, Rappaport. There, there, there it is. is. Oh, now I'm holding the Oh. Hey, yeah, you look good too. Somehow the lighting's even better. It, it makes no. You know how they said Apple had all the money in the world, and none of us knew what they were doing with it, <laughs> and then they just put 8K cameras in every fucking iPhone somehow. Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. that, that's where they spent all their money at? I think. I mean, as they should. You don't even. People don't even need real cameras anymore. Just use the stupid phone. Yeah, that's what we <laughs> use for a lot of our stuff now, and it's uh, you don't have to look as much of a douchebag with a camera person following you. You know, I'm talking about me. Like whenever I walk in somewhere, it's like, oh, we should document this because this is really cool. You know, Foxy used to have to hold like a camera, yeah. and you look. Wait, what? Why did they do that? What's that? When you're walking in, where? Like just like the office, you walk no. in and you're like, yeah, like this, and then they like. Pictures of you just strutting around? No, no, I'm talking like WrestleMania, you know, like what? Madison Square Garden. What? You know, I'm talking like uh, Super Bowl, what? National Championship. What? That's what I'm talking about, you know, Ian. So, like, we I, were, I, you know, I go to some of those events too, and no one's ever caught me just kind of like strolling around. Maybe, maybe this year, if you guys are at Super Bowl, have your people just watch me like walk around the field for a little Okay, that's where we'll start. We're trying to figure out the Super Bowl right now because, that's- you know, Radio Row and all that. Is it, what is the thought because i've heard some cities are shutting back down right now because omnicron and i would assume la might be one of those and what are the are they is there a chance for anything and because last night that stadium was packed yeah. i mean that paid, oh, yeah. the stadium was absolutely packed but i'm hearing these horror stories of cities potentially shutting down again is that is there any thought of that we asked you this before but now that we're speeding and there's a lot more happening now and leagues are you know moving is there any conversation there at all that we should be thinking about or no so obviously, I'm wondering the same thing. I haven't heard anything about changing anything for the Super Bowl. You're right. I mean, there's fans in the stands. I haven't heard anyone talking about rolling that back. Um, you know, is it possible that you might have to show proof of the vaccine? Is it possible you may have to wear a mask? I would say that's all possible. One thing about L.A. in general is it seems the city has been able to function without shutting down. Right. And so, like, I think, I mean, same thing with New York City. Like, oh, you're going to have to have to get into a lot of indoor places in New York City. Um, proof of the vaccine, proof of the booster. You might have to wear a mask. Like, I feel like now as a society, we can live and function without shutting down. So, like, let's say Super Bowl. 
There are a lot of parties planned. Radio Row, I don't know for sure what it's going to be like, but I haven't heard anything being canceled yet. So is it possible that all those events are outdoors instead of indoors? Mm, we'd be good outdoors. Be masked? Oh, yeah. I don't know, but I just haven't heard anything about shutting down. Okay, January 13th, too, I think Chicago goes into uh, January 3rd. January 3rd, they go into the vax, vax card access to wow. whatever and everything. I wonder. So affects basketball players as well. Oh, yeah, to get into the building. Mm -hmm. So I guess. Kyrie Irving. Yeah, yeah Kyrie so. Irving. But we're not just going to learn about Kyrie. And I think we're talking to Shams here in about 20 minutes about the NBA before we go on this four-day hiatus or whatever the Daily Show. That there's a lot of rules that are potentially being created to find out who is. We're not, not to find out, but we are going to find out a lot about a lot of people. Let's go to the NFL now. Let's talk about the NFL. The yeah. IQVIA thing that you dropped it. Uh, by the way, we learned from Jordan Poyer yesterday. He said he learned about it from this show, from this clip, from yeah. you. From you. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. hey you're the Way to break the news, rap sheet. Um, is that is there any chance that's changing, or is that just how it's going to be throughout, and that's what the NFLPA and the NFL agreed upon? And there's, what, 15 players out from the Jets, uh, the the Chiefs, I guess they have no more positive. They have no more positive tests, but they have a bunch of people out, including Tyreek Hill, uh, Travis Kelsey, and our guy Kyle Long. There's a bunch of people out. Is this just going to be the way it goes with the spot testing IQ VIA for the vaccinated players who are still testing positive, but they don't know it because they're not sick? And is that how all these people are? Well, a couple of things. First of all, it seems like a lot. Of, I don't know 100 the timing on the spot testing, but it's not that many people. A handful four or five or six maybe uh, a week for a team. So oh, okay. it really is spot testing. And some of those guys who are asymptomatic and fully vaccinated, Travis Kelsey would be one, um, those guys could come back soon. And, you know, if, if they test positive, they go on the list. But there were – I know there were some questions about like how seriously would NFL people take um, symptoms? Would they report them? Like there was a lot of self-reporting of symptoms – Today, today's Wednesday, right? So there's a lot of self-reporting of symptoms yesterday. And some of those guys, like Tyreek Hill, for instance, some of those guys who self-reported ended up on the COVID-19 list. So that's annoying because you prefer people not be on the list. But it's also good. Yeah. Maybe those are people who could have infected more of their teammates. Yeah, and I think I was actually the one, whenever you said that that would be how it would go, I think I was actually going, oh, okay, yeah, I'm sure that'll happen. You know, because of December football. And if you're on the bottom half of the roster, this paycheck is something that could change your life, right. actually. Right. You know, so I thought about that. But it's nice to hear in, in what you're reporting, I assume, is breaking news. I don't know if you've reported that. I, I don't know if I've read that earlier about Tyreek. But if that's the case, that's setting a standard. You know, that's setting a standard for everybody else. Like, hey, we have to be able to handle this because if not, we got to go back to the bullshit we have been doing if this continues to kind of break. Now, let's talk about J.C. Treader's answer uh, in a press conference. I don't know if it was this morning or last night. Yeah, he morning. said that the NFL, which I assume this was at the league meetings down in Irving, Texas, that you called us from. Thank you, Ian. Thank, Thank you, Thank you for that, Ian. And as we we're covering that COVID conversation, it was only scheduled to be a 20-minute meeting by the NFL side from 1020 to 1040. They had to go uh, talk to the NFL PA. J.C. Treader said that the NFL wanted to cancel those games completely and not have to pay anybody. Is that because there were star players missing and they didn't think the game was going to do well? And did J.C. Treader say, we wanted to reschedule it? Was that the only thing that they talked about? Or was it all part of the testing and all-encompassing thing as well that we didn't hear from J.C. there? Yeah, I have a lot of respect for J.C. Treader. He really has done an incredible job despite unforeseen and absolutely astounding circumstances. I definitely have not heard that. And oh. I would be, oh, you know, yeah. to want to cancel games, oh, no. nobody wants to cancel oh. games. 
I mean, the teams need the games well, what because he mean? would like to play them and also they would like to make money. And the players need the games because they would like to play them and also they would like to make money. And what? Um, so nobody – I've not heard at all that anybody wanted to cancel games. I thought the most – the biggest complaint – as far as what the NFL wanted was they wanted to keep the games there. And I believe the players wanted to move them in the end. It made a lot of sense to like pause, get an idea for what we're dealing with, figure out the protocols, change some things and then play them. And I'm honestly not even sure moving them had that big an effect. I mean, Von Miller came back, but none of the quarterbacks did. Yeah. So like, it really didn't, matter that much except like i had something fun to do on a tuesday night which is great i mean hindsight's obviously a beautiful thing i think everybody knows that when they delayed it they were hoping that all the stars and coaches would come back in time and be able to test negative i I think that is all a natural assumption but what you're saying here and i mean why would ian who works for the nfl not speak for the nfl in this particular conversation so we have to take that with a grain of salt while we listen to that yeah we have to we have to because we know who's writing hey we understand where you're coming from dude all right, we understand where you're coming from, who you work for. We have to because we have brains, honestly. And then, by the way, the fact that you work there is the reason why we have you on the show. Also, because you're incredibly funny, but right, yeah. you have right. credibility. You have really a lot of credibility because you're rep- you and Danzus. You know, you guys represent the fucking league, dude. Yeah. So it has to be. I a big cannot league. believe you had Hansus on the show, giving that guy a platform. Oh, oh, dude, we got a big Danzus day today. We made a whole new graphic for the guy. Let's not put it up yet. Hold on, let's not debut you, that. I mean, we're you not- know, oh. do you know that I've known Dan Hansus since he and I were part-time high school reporters at the journal news in new york wow 20 years i've known him real beef great job so you've been watching that incredible brain go to work and judging and ranking and being the authority on the top 10 top 20 top 32 we'll we'll dive into the dan zeus power rankings later in the show by the way i can't wait for it shout out dan zeus even though this guy said terrible things about yeah shout out dan zeus Zeus. he's got those stone cold blue eyes too whenever he was on just staring right i was holy shit dan zeus what a charmer this guy yeah he's got a lot of pressure on him though he's ranking for the nfl just like you are Mm -hmm. breaking news for the NFL. So whenever you say that you didn't hear anybody wanted to cancel any games and J.C. Treader comes out and says that you guys, the NFL, not you guys, sorry, but the NFL wanted to cancel games, we want to reschedule because now you have to think, like, how did that get lost in translation to J.C. Treader and who's trying to say that to make themselves look better or potentially for the deal uh, to be uh, sold a little bit better to uh, the players or to J.C. Treader because somebody would say, hey, they wanted to cancel games, like anybody play, we uh, thought about we move this or whatever. You know, like that is, that's the conversation yeah. is at a deeper level that we shouldn't have right now, but some players that are listening should think about how the fuck that is potentially getting lost in translation because that is only benefiting one particular person or a group of people. Anyways, let's move along. Who's hurt? Who's not, dude? All right. We got a big weekend this weekend. Yeah. Steelers dude. Chiefs, dude, is happening on Sunday. That's a massive game. Tomorrow night, Niners Titans. I mean, that's a massive game. There's been a couple weeks here where there's been some dud matchups. Now we're getting into it where we got some big time games happening. In 27 of the 32 teams, shout out to the Gumpy Nuke. I think he's the one who told me this earlier today. 27 of the 32 teams can still make the playoffs. Rappaport can still make the playoffs. Who should we be looking at to potentially not have their big name guys? Uh, well, first of all, you showed that list. Like I, all, all I keep thinking of is last year the Bucks were nowhere, and they kind of started playing like a little bit better right around now, and then caught fire and won the Super Bowl. Like there's going to be someone on that list, maybe like the Saints, or they would be a pretty good one. Like I just wonder who is it going to be? The tight talk about the Titans. All right, so let's talk some injuries. The Titans are on Thursday. They got A.J. Brown back at practice. Julio hasn't 
hamstring injury. So, like, I don't know if he's going to play, but it doesn't seem great. But A.J. Brown might. Coming back from a chest injury, more of like a, yeah, like a sort of abdomen. It's kind of a weird thing. Anyway, chest injury. Huh. He's looked good at practice. He might be able to play. Oh, no. Oh, oh, Roger? Oh, who's that? Is that Roger Goodell saying, what are you talking about, the IQ VIA nope. for with McAfee? Not Roger Goodell. <laughs> it was a Browns person, um, which I will. J.C. Treader. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you Treader, fucking lie on my name. <laughs> like Vrabel did to rap? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, what if J.C. Treader's the next one? Oh, get that guy off my phone. When Vrabel, when Vrabel can't when, – when we – I thought that Vrabel had canceled the interview after he kicked me out of practice. Oh, that's awesome. That was really one of the best moments of my life. So great. We love Vrabel around here. Oh, yeah. We're going to get him on the show, I hope, one day mm-hmm. in the offseason mm-hmm. and really – We'll, we'll hopefully get his thoughts on everybody, you know, like mm-hmm. you and others and stuff like that. I, I can't wait for that. But let's go. Let's go back. Yeah, all right. So, so, and then you got, all right. So, AJ Brown, my gut says probably returns. Elijah Mitchell seems like he's heading the right direction. He's been really good for them when he's been on the field. He's got a shot. I know that's a big one. Uh, a lot of COVID stuff, though. So, the Chiefs, they got Kelsey, they got Tyreek. They got the kicker, Harrison Butker, who I don't think he's going to play. Oh, he's um, good. Mm, so sure. may not have your you know superstar kicker there, which I know you're a big kicker aficionado, so that hurts. Well, I'm a football fan, so I understand that the kicker fucking matters. Yeah, Ian, thanks. Go to your next one, please. Harrison Butker being out is not good for the Chiefs. We're not. I, yeah, I would not have explained it like that. But, yeah, so um, <laughs> that's another one. I think for the another one to pay attention to, the Broncos, who – are, have really good defense, really good run game, some quarterback issues. Bridgewater's probably not going to play. So that means Drew Locke is going to take the field and have his first start with, like, everything on the line, mm-hmm. which, you know, you'd like Bridgewater to be in there, but that's kind of fascinating since Bridgewater beat Drew Hey, and, Locke. Dr- oh. hey, and Drew can show up too, right? Oh, like, yeah. He's a guy who can show up, if, if like, for a big moment. We'll see how much he's learned, I guess, and grown and everything. It felt like they did not want him to be the starter at all, even though no. they even they drafted him. And there was a couple games where he showed up and made some big plays, and then you watch an entire season of him, and you're getting, like, week 10, week 11, and all I heard from the uh, Broncos fans were, we still don't know if he's a guy or not. It's like, well, if you don't know this far into it, I guess – do you ever? And I think that's where the Broncos got. And now they get a chance to see him in a massive moment, I guess. It's huge. I mean, and if you if you like Drew Locke, if you think he is going to be a really good quarterback, like you could watch him pick out moments where you say, all right, this is why I know he is going to be a successful starter. And then he has other moments where you're like, okay, he is not. And I just, maybe this is what he's going to be. Maybe he's going to be a backup who can flash, but like absolutely massive opportunity for the Broncos. And then like just his career on Sunday. Um, so that's a really big Hey, good point. luck, Drew. Hey, good luck, Drew. Good luck, Drew. Good luck, Drew. Hey, go ahead and let it eat out there. Nothing to lose. Uh-huh. Well, a lot, I guess. But <laughs> go out there and yeah, no, it's, capture it's the fine. moment. Yeah, there's a lot there. Uh, go ahead, Ty. Rapshi, what about the Packers on Sunday? Is Kenny Clark off the COVID list? I know MVS tested positive. Uh, is there a point where, I mean, hopefully it doesn't happen, and obviously you wouldn't know, but like, what, when would be the cutoff for them potentially moving that game on Saturday? And also, is that what the Browns call was about, is that uh, Nick Mullins is going to start a quarterback on Sunday, oh. uh, Saturday? Um, that was not Nick Mullins. That was not the Browns. Um, God, they're supposed to get they're supposed to get Baker back, so you would think at some point he would come back. Um, I don't, I don't, I would be surprised at this point if any other NFL game was moved. Um, that was a situation last week where you had 
many outbreaks, Rams, Washington, um, Browns, obviously, and a Omicron variant where people didn't honestly know as much as they do now in the NFL and NFLPA going through protocols and just being like, how are we going to attack this? How are we going to adjust? They adjusted the protocols two times between the game, and now they're kind of getting a hold on it, and they've changed the way they're testing. So I don't foresee any games being postponed, which is good, um, assuming you don't want to spend Tuesday night watching two games simultaneously. But it also means you might see a situation where, like, Kenny Clark has not been activated yet. MBS hasn't been activated yet. You might not have those guys on Sunday. Well, Bakhtiari not coming back on Christmas Day either. They said, what the fuck's going on? Hey, a quick question. Are they sure. you? The NFL's medical team has kind of operated independently as their own operation since the beginning of this COVID thing, mm-hmm. right? I mean, remember Fouch was saying something way back uh, before last season, and Doctor Allen Sills, Sills said, yeah. "Hey, hey, relax." Okay, actually, yeah. I think that was actually the memo that was sent out. Hey, mm-hmm. makes sense. Relax. We are we're doing our own testing. They're spending a lot of money to get through the season. We need to have a season just like everybody else. Do they know more about the homie Omi Omicron than we do? Like, do they think that this wave of Omicron is just going to come and then go like within the next few weeks? Is that what they're thinking for this because of how quickly it's spreading and then people are getting past it, right? People are testing out of it after getting the homey-homey. So is that why they're not changing the protocols indefinitely for the rest of the season more so we don't have to deal with this as literally the games get more important than they've ever been? Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, And I would say the the one thing I've learned about dealing with COVID for the last two years almost is Cannot, it's, it feels like I've been in a vacuum. But anyway, um, is you literally don't know what's going to happen like next week or two weeks from now. So basically they go like week to week. I mean, they change the protocols twice in like three days, right? So this is the way it's going to be probably through the rest of the regular season. If things need to change for the playoffs, then they will. Might they go in, you know, intensive protocols and virtual meetings for the playoffs? Maybe. But this is going so insanely fast. Like I was... I was seeing, like, I guess in, and I'm not a South African expert, so forgive me, but I guess in South Africa where it originated, the numbers are already going down. (laughs) That would make you think that this is going so fast where it might hit now and in a month not be as bad. So Still been like four or five weeks, right? Like like January or February, really. So you did your research into South Africa. That's smart. See, that's next level thinking. That's something we would never do. We would just say... Uh, remember, it started there, then it came here. We wouldn't put the pieces together to go look how it ran. How, oh, what's the focus thing. group like going on? Yeah, down I feel in, like Diggs would be on that. No, nah, Diggs. That Diggs. Yeah, Diggs that's a good thought. Yep. I mean, it made you look a lot smarter, probably. Uh-huh. Than, than, yeah. No, no, you are big time Thank brain you. underneath that Tracy cowboy back. hat. Sup, every single. Sup, I always go back South Africa. I <laughs> <laughs> go ahead after you, uh, Ian. Huge AFC North matchup in Cincinnati. Is it going to be Lamar Jackson? Is it going to be Tyler, Tyler Huntley? Or what's the Bengals injuries like? And is Huntley going to get traded immediately after the season is over because of how good he played the other night? No, hold on. To, they should hold on to him. I mean, for. I'll get to your question in a sec, but I think they should hold on to him. So his contract situation is this. He's an exclusive rights free agent next year, which basically means a one-year deal at not very much money. Then he's a restricted free agent after. So they have him for two more years at least. And, you know, I think they'll get a deal done with Lamar Jackson. I think that makes a lot of sense. Lamar is awesome and an MVP and should keep him at all costs. But Tyler Hundley is not a bad guy to keep around to be like, hey, if God forbid something happens, this guy is – somewhat similar and almost as good 
And it and looked like they get along, you know, by the way. They looks like Lamar was genuinely happy for Huntley. That's a big deal. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like genuine mm-hmm. happiness. Even though Lamar is known as, like, the coolest dude of all time, so why would you ever expect that? I'm just saying, in other quarterback rooms, that could be a fucking problem. I was going to say, like, it's not – I was watching Lamar, too, because, I don't know, like, you never – if you get replaced, you really – even if you're awesome, you have no idea what it's going to be like, and – someone's going to like the other guy better you know who knows but Lamar is an awesome guy and was so happy and I think you know that was a really cool I kind of in a weird way kind of wish that that had that win had gone through and they had got the two-point conversion because it was just would have been a very cool moment but keep him around as insurance you get to a point where like at some point if he's a restricted free agent maybe somebody wants to give a first rounder for him then maybe you do trade them, but in a couple years. Well, you're saying, everybody's saying that the uh, draft class quarterback's not that great. I mean, Kenny Pickett probably going one or two overall. That's why he's sitting out of the bowl game, obviously. Yeah, Matthew, that's right. Him and Matthew Corral. Yeah, uh, they can both sling that thing. But everybody's saying it's going to be a veteran quarterback market, and there's going to be a lot of teams that want quarterbacks. It seems to happen every offseason, and it seems like the owners that want quarterbacks are ready to go and get it. I think it's going to be tough with how good he played, but let's talk about that game. Is Lamar back okay. against the, the Bengals, and – and what are you thinking going in there? Uh, I don't know a firm answer. We, I don't think they're on the practice field yet, right? Um, I don't, I don't think so. So no I don't idea. think they're on the practice field yet. So they signed Josh Johnson from the Jets practice squad. Uh, usually you do that if you have a multi-week injury, and Lamar was not close to playing. So I guess it's possible he's back at practice, but would I be surprised if it was another week of Snoop Huntley? Uh, no, I would not. And honestly, like as well as he played, don't rush Lamar at all. Like you don't need to. Yeah, this guy was great, and he was almost Lamar. Like that's that's good enough. And they almost won that game anyway. I mean, stinks for Huntley that he, that's how he's being talked about. You know what I mean? Because like he's very good, and we're complimenting him and all these things. But this is like uh, I don't. I'm happy because they're within the same team and they're friends with each other. But remember, DK was being compared to. Uh, Calvin Johnson yep. mm-hmm. and he got like upset about it because you know I think he didn't I mean they got along afterwards and everything has made up but whenever you're in it and you're competing at one of those positions like you have to have like that drive like to be the best and Huntley's unbelievable and he's going to be compared to an anomaly when it comes to Lamar Jackson and it's like that is just something they're bo- I'm happy they're both dealing with it in a way that is so cool like I think that is why you and I watched it because we've seen situations like this in the past that could have potentially been dramatic and drama filled more know? than any people know like and I know everyone sort of thinks that all these veteran quarterbacks are like mentoring the young guys like no 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 yeah. no hey I'm a I mean, I'll give you. You ask questions, I'll give you answers. But I'm not coming out of here, and I'm not going on the dry race board and breaking <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the entire guy. And if, by the way, and if anything comes out that they're not, remember Ben Roethlisberger, terrible guy because he wasn't telling Mason Rudolph every single thing he had learned in 15 years yeah, or whatever. Wouldn't it wouldn't help. It wouldn't, it wouldn't help him. Bad coach or whatever. No, I'm just saying. Oh, you're saying. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Rapture, another massive game. Bills, Patriots. What are the COVID? Uh, Injuries or players looking like, and then with Aguilar in his head, is he playing? And also, did the IQVIA send a test to Buffalo immediately to get Cole Beasley as soon as they got their uh, <laughs> new job or no? Random Cole. Yeah. Uh, Cole Beasley is in a different category because he is unvaccinated. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. He had a, I you had didn't a song. hear about that? Yeah. He had a song, what? an oh, album. Yeah. 
No way. Hey, yeah. pre- I mean, sick. he went hard. Okay. Yeah, he went pretty he's hard. not bad, right? So I haven't. Li- Someone told me he's as like a rapper. He's not bad. Pretty good. Great flow. Yeah. Cole Beasley got a great flow. Now, what are you saying? Potentially offending people, but go back through the history of like kind of rap music. That was almost it's a thing. A thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so now I'm not comparing yeah. Cole Beasley to Drake. I don't think anybody's like, hey, you know what? Drake, Jay Z, Weezy, Eminem, Cole Beasley. I don't think anybody's doing that type no. of thing. But what, I, it is, what is like rap name. Uh, what? Big B's? No, I forget oh. what it is. I don't know. Soul Cole. Cole, dude. No, I haven't. I need to listen to his diss track on, uh, Cole, on COVID. Yeah. No, so he is, because he's unvaccinated, he gets tested every day no matter what. That's uh, one of the rules. He's got to wear a mask around the building. He gets tested no matter what. He tested positive for COVID. He has mild symptoms. He is out on Sunday for the biggest game of the year for the Bills. Oh, no. Because he tested positive. And, you know, that's just, Damn. it sucks. And I know it sucks for the Bills. And everybody, everybody wanted him to get vaccinated. So, because for health reasons and also he would know. play faster. But he did not. And now he's out 10 days. And, uh, hey, not great. This happens in the rap game, though. You put out a diss track. You know, the person might answer. That's yeah. right. It's true. COVID waited, laying in the weeds, then waited for the biggest game of the year and said, what was that? 16 bars. Here's some back, dude. Gotcha. Boom. And he's out. That's a shame. Uh, Cole Beasley, we hope you survive, obviously, mm-hmm. just like everybody else that is battling through the either Omicron or the Omicron Delta tag team at the moment. Ian, we can't oh. thank you enough for joining us. Have an incredible holiday. We'll chat with you next week, sir. All right. Have a great holiday, guys. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes... It's not come too quick. Oh! (laughs) Oh, Here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction. So let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes. And guess what? Ha! Huh. Last a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's Boom. right. Dingers. Round time. Bingo. David Ocup- <laughs> Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yes, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have the confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Let's <laughs> now... 
is a senior NBA insider from the stadium in the athletic. Last week had the Kyrie Irving is coming back to play basketball four days before everybody else had it. Not getting enough credit as he deserves. Comes on every single week and lets us know what the hell is going on in the Association of the National Basketball. Sham Sharak. What's up, dude? Woo! Oh, no. What's going on? Oh, okay. Nick. Uh, COVID fingers. Get it on the record. Hold on, hold on, Shams. I am so sorry. Uh, Nick had you muted. Nick didn't, uh, Nick, Nick didn't want you to uh, step on any of the celebration we were having for you there. It's all me, Shams. Uh, uh, yeah, but we would like you to know we're proud of you, Shams. Proud of you, Shams. Million dollar man. Can we can we first get that confirmed? Can, do you have any confirmation to my yeah. sources? Okay, like, so this is such I, an interesting thing because, you know, Shams, be, the last time he was on before the deal was announced, you know, you were trying to get the information out of me. Mm -hmm. and then, I was trying to get it. I was trying to get you to give it to me on the record. In, I know. In, in the interview. I, was, I know. I was and then you text me. Then you text me day of and you say, hey, this is what I have learned. And you sent it. Do you want to confirm? And I didn't want to be a guy that was going to do that because I just didn't think it was the right news. But immediately upon reading and I was like, fuck, Shams is close, dude. Yeah. Shams is close. Shams is close. Amen. And of, Amen. Of course you have sources in that world. That's because you are dialed in. And we know that it is a boots on the ground operation over there. Uh, you're always hammering the phone. So we appreciate the hell out of you, dude. Thank you, Shams. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. And congrats again to the whole group. Oh, thank well you, deserved. man. Hopefully we'll be able to uh, continue to do what we do on a regular basis alongside the best insider in basketball oh that's probably going to be oh, yeah. that's a hot take sure. Shams. i don't want to throw you into the fire there but let's talk <laughs> about a couple uh basketball stories that are always going to be around first things first the biggest name in basketball okay lebron james space jam the man that saved the universe the man who alongside his best friend rich paul i think has completely changed the entire dynamic of the nba and everything there's a lot of things being said about lebron how the lakers are doing Shaq came out and said hey staples center is me and kobe's thing the crypto can be this losing Lakers. I mean, it is all hands on deck in burying the Lakers who are currently 500, I think, at 16 and 16. Now I'm reading LeBron might get fucking traded. Is that what? a real thing? What is going on over there? Is all hell just breaking loose because it's LeBron no, James? No, Pat. And this is why, you know, I'm here to inform you guys. I mean, th that is not a real thing. I, I First okay. of all, I didn't even know anything about it. Um, I, I haven't seen, you know, I don't really pay attention to random Twitter tweets mm -hmm. and comments and stuff like that. I mean, I spoke to LeBron's agent, Rich Paul, and he said that 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 talk is in itself is just ridiculous and it's totally false. LeBron Davis isn't leaving the Lakers. He's going to be on the Lakers. Now, the question is, how can the Lakers get better? This is their team. This is the hand that they've been dealt. They had Russ, you know, they made that trade for Russell Westbrook in the summer and they just it hasn't paid dividends. This team doesn't look like it has the young legs that they need to have. And I, that's why I've heard that they have been active in, in trade in the trade market. When you look at a guy like Ben Simmons, they'd love to get their hands on a guy like him. Jeremy Grant. Those are the types of guys that mm. they need on this team. Young, 6'9", 6'10", athletic wings, can handle the ball, can score, can pass. They need guys like that. They don't have enough of them that have oh, the young youth in their prime type of experience. But no, LeBron James isn't going anywhere. Um, I, I, I spoke to Rich Paul, his agent. He said that stuff is just totally false. So I'm here to set the record straight. I appreciate you doing that because, you know, I'm a big if, 
If I see one person say, I assume a lot of people think, yeah. yeah, you know, because if one person's thinking it's a big world out there, other brains are thinking, and I've seen it out there. The fact that you just casually dropped that you talked to Adele's boyfriend is really cool. <laughs> By the way, I'd like to let you know that. Are you got you got any scoops on Adele's music or anything like that? Are you dabbling in? Because every once in a while, draft night mm -hmm. in NFL, Shams will come dabbling in. Oh, oh yeah. by the way, <laughs> NFL folks. With the fourth overall pick, yeah. boom, Shams yeah. is shutting it down. Now, I think you broke some presidential news, remember? Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. he, bro he broke yeah. some. Are you dabbling in the music field as well? Is that why you and Rich Paul's relationship is growing the way it is? Listen, I can never say never to any field. You know, I feel like I am very versatile. So, Pat, <laughs> I'm, ne I'm never going to close any doors now. Hey, what's Rich Paul like? Is he awesome? I mean, listen, it, for me, it's about having, you know, the, the, the fairness, you know, the, the fairness is the biggest thing, right? It's like, you know, I'm never going to report anything that's not accurate, not, not, not true about, about people. So, you, you know, having those relationships, uh, you know, for accuracy, accuracy sake is definitely important. Hey, incredible businessman. What LeBron and his friends have done is incredible. It's like trailblazing, you know, when it comes to athletes. Now, LeBron James has been famous worldwide and, uh, you know, pretty well paid since he's like, what, 12 years old? I think they were putting him on magazines when he was like 13. Hey, this is the next guy. He had the Hummer, obviously the whole thing. The way he, his crew, have handled himself through this entire superstardom since he was, you know, younger than most people even knew how to, you know, do drive, I, do anything. I it's mean, amazing. listen, his whole career, I mean, if you look at it, he's shattered all the, you know, th there was a lot of, uh, I think, pressure built on him from starting. A lot of guys don't succeed and don't find and don't find that level of success. And Le what we saw with LeBron James is he reached that level of success, if not surpassed it for championships. He'd love to get one more ring. It just right now, this team, guys, I don't think they have the it factor right now. Anthony Davis is out for four weeks. I mean, it could be even longer than that. It oh, could be in uh -oh. that span. Jeez. So not having Anthony Davis, I think was just a Band-Aid for what really ails these Lakers. And Anthony Davis, as much as people want to rag on him this year, he did average 20 and 10, and he did provide some level of Band-Aid for this team that's mostly, you know, they, they've got starters upwards in their 30s. And so they don't even have anyone that's in that 20-year-old range, guy that's coming up the pipeline, got someone in their prime starting for them right now. So that's the part that makes it difficult where you don't have these young, fresh legs guys that are in their prime that you can lean on. You're leaning on LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, who's 32. Um, you're leaning on a lot of these older guys. And um, listen, I, I do think this team can make a run at some point. Do they have a championship run in them? That I'm not so sure about with this roster. So they got to get to the playoffs whenever they know how many sprints they have in the cardio. You know, like when yeah, you walk into a workout and you know exactly how many 110s you have, it's like this is a lot easier than getting all the way to that point. So maybe in the playoffs, they'll all flip the switch, although it is said to be very difficult in any sport. Whenever you think about the LeBron level of athlete, Right, right now we've seen a, a couple documentaries. The Last Dance with Jordan. Very obvious that Jordan hears what everybody says and uses it as motivation. Man in the Arena. Tom Brady, same thing. It's called Man in the Arena because of the skeptics outside. They would never understand. Uses it as motiv uh, motivation. Does LeBron hear what everybody say? They're calling him washed right now. Yeah. Right? There's people calling him washed. Does he listen or hear any of that shit or does he somehow stay above it all? I couldn't see how you could in this modern world right now. They're literally saying that on TV right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you could not, you know, see that and, and notice that. But at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, he, you've seen him in the summer where he'll tweet like, you know, I, I think even last summer he said, like, bring that same energy. Remember in the summer when they went and got Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony and Trevor Reza, everyone was, was saying that they were washed. And LeBron James came out with a tweet and said, keep that same energy. Well, they haven't looked like they've, they fit the bill 
this year. It's tough for me to see how a guy like LeBron James doesn't read and doesn't use things as motivation, but I do think that this team, he's got to have some level of tunnel vision with this group because they're really all over the place. They've had a lot of injuries. They're dealing with COVID scares right now. They've got four guys in protocols. That's why they had to go sign Isaiah Thomas last week. They had to go sign a couple guys out of the G League. So this is a walking wounded team. And I, right. I don't know uh, why people are saying LeBron James right. is washed. I mean, he's, I think, I, I, well, I don't have his, he's his LeBron James, six, dude. seven games in front of me, but he has multiple, multiple 30-plus point games. I think he had a triple-double in that stretch. So, yeah, I, I don't know if LeBron James he's himself okay. is washed. If anything, he's proven to be probably the only bright spot right now of his team. 2006, they were saying that the, the dynastic run that the Patriots were having and Tom Brady, over, dead. Mm-hmm. That was 2006, dude. It is... 12, 22, 21 right now. Still Tom Brady, still fucking running. That's unbelievable to think about. Excited to see what LeBron does. Let's go back to the news that you broke before anybody. Kyrie Irving coming back to practice and be a part-time player. Uh, There's people that are upset about this because, you know, they are not happy with how Kyrie has handled it and his stance and what he believes in. So they are going to get very loud and mad about the Nets allowing him to come back to work as opposed to losing all of his money, all of his opportunity, all of his spotlight because of the decision he has made about the vaccination and him knowing uh, that that was going to happen. And even some of his teammates who maybe didn't want to get vaxxed either because uh, for whatever reason they did it because it's team sport, we'll, we'll, we'll dive in. Now Kyrie's coming back. There's a lot of people that are not, aren't fans of Kyrie. Kyrie has a lot of supporters too. And I think the people that are on both sides should realize that they each other exist and just fucking move on. But that's neither here <laughs> nor there. Kyrie is back, I think, a part-time playing. What does that mean? Because Chicago, he won't be able to play right with this vax card. LA, I think, is maybe has a vax card thing in some of their buildings is there going to be places he just can't play is that what they're expecting the only place Kyrie Irving if he doesn't go and get vaccinated the only place he can't play is New York City so those games at the Garden and and the Barclays Center if he goes and plays if they have a road game in Chicago he can play they have a road game in LA he can play they have a road game in San Francisco that he can play they have a road game in Philly which is also coming out with its own vaccine mandate at at the beginning of the year he can play there it's only residential but the crazy part, thing about Boston is, and it's interesting, this, the, you know, the city of uh, Boston just came out with its own vaccine mandate that comes out in the, at the beginning of the year, oh, no. and they have made an exemption for athletes. So, oh, you know, goodness. my question is why haven't, you know, the, the, either New York City or some of these other markets done the same thing? Andrew Wiggins, he went and got vaccinated because San Francisco had the same mandate, and he wanted to play basketball. So, so unlike Kyrie Irving, he went and got vaccinated. So Boston – you know, Boston, the Celtics do have a couple players that are not vaccinated who would, in theory, be impacted by this new rule, but Boston has a mandate. So Kyrie Irving right now, he is coming back to the team. He's returning to the team, but he's also, Pat, in health and safety protocols, and that means that he has also registered a positive uh, test. And so the fact that Kyrie Irving, he just got back, just rejoined the team, and within his first couple of COVID-19 tests already had a positive uh, result because oh, the player no. doesn't get moved <laughs> into protocols oh, just to get moved into protocols. You're not, you know, he needed a couple of negative tests just to start practicing with the team, but you don't get moved into COVID protocols just for that. So there was a reason they moved him into COVID-19 protocols, and that's because he had a either positive or inconclusive test. So that that time that he's going to become, uh, you know, the, the return time has now it's, it's even more up in the air because he needs to isolate for 10 days. And so that will cut into his return time as well. 
I always looked at January 5th or January 12th in Indianapolis or the, or Chicago on the 12th as a possible return date for him. Um, I, I thought that this road trip that the Nets were on, which their game just got postponed uh, against the Trailblazers for tomorrow. It is really up in the air if they even play on Christmas Day against the Lakers because they have uh, – Okay, okay. Is the NBA going to move games? COVID-19 protocols, Pat, at least 10 guys. That's – that's most of their team. So I don't know how they're going to be able to feel the team Steve, um, and Steve also play. the product. Yeah, um, I mean, to have – I mean, who are you going to have leading your team there? Steve. You're going to have Blake Griffin, Steve. Paul Millsap. I mean, no knock yeah, on those Steve guys. Play. It's not KD, Harden, Kyrie Irving. So um, it'll be interesting to see what the league does there. But I think overall, yes, Kyrie Irving's back. And at the end of the day, they know that they need Kyrie Irving to win a championship. That's why they went and brought him back. That's why the players on the roster, it started with them from Kevin Durant on down. They wanted Kyrie Irving back in, in the fold. And so you have to bring like, a guy like that back if you feel like you can go one step closer to winning a championship. I saw Steve Nash in a suit dribbling still oh, yeah. on the Internet. He yeah. almost influenced me into buying some shoes. Ooh, and oh, really? he still got the handles. And I got a chance to chat with Steve Nash. Legend. Yeah, good guy. Legend. Legend, Todd. That was on me. I, I, Steve Kerr, Steve Nash. Yeah, a lot of Steves. I mean, I mean, that was on Steve's. me. I'm good not basketball a basketball man. guy, but Steve Nash, absolutely. So last question here before we let you go, and we can't thank you enough. Your hair looks fantastic going into the holiday year here. Um, thank you. I mean. Zion Spit it out, Pat. Oh, Zion Williamson, yeah, yeah, Zion Williamson, and I'm not letting the toxic table even bring hey, this listen, up. I, I would I'm, like to I'm set the tone. Heart. It breaks my heart. Truly, you. All right, mm -hmm. Zion Williamson. What's are we going to see him play? That he's not playing this year, huh? I mean, listen. Right now, he's out for at least the next four to six weeks um, oh. after getting this injection. How long is the season? But um, he <laughs> already has not able. played this year. He's had multiple setbacks. So listen, you read all those tea leaves, makes it seem like he's probably not going to be back, but. From everything I've been told, the Pelicans do want him to play this season. I think Zion Wilson, in his heart of hearts, does want to play this year. So it, you have two parties that clearly want him back on the floor. They're not going to do anything that's going to rush the, the, the health of his foot because at the end of the day, that's what comes first. But there's a lot on the line here for Zion Wilson as well. He's got a max extension possibly looming in the offseason. He needs to also prove that he can play and be healthy. This team, the Pelicans need to see how this – this roster will, will mesh. They have Willie Green, who has looked like an excellent coach, guys. I don't know how much either any of us have been watching the nah. Pelicans. Yeah, they're Willie on TV. Green, they on TV? No, they play on TV. They don't play on TV. He's be an excellent coach in the league, but you got to have players. And Brandon Ingram is playing like an all-star, but they don't have the bodies right now that can really help this team make a playoff push. They're hoping that Zion Williamson can return at some point this year, but at this point he has had multiple setbacks, and that – was going to get equated in all this. You know, whenever I uh, would travel out to L.A. and I'd stay there for a few weeks, I'd see myself start eating a little healthier, you know. Sure. And, and the nice. sun is outside, so you start working out a little bit. Yeah. Maybe we get yeah. Zion to a, a city that, you know, is, you know, like. Like Milwaukee. Or see, that's what no, I'm not thinking no. about. I'm not thinking about Milwaukee. And welcome back, by the way. We're on Radio Hour 2 here. We kind of powered through that with incredible information from our guy, Shams. We can't thank him enough. Uh, we'll talk to you after the new our next week, pal, if that's okay, going into the new year. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys as always. Have a good one. You're the best, dude. I, I, I want to know how you found out the number. Who's leak? You know, because loose lips. That's right. Sink ships. 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 And were you high or low on your number? Oh. 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 Never going to reveal my sources, Pat, but trust me. I, I, I had good ones on that one. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Fiorani. Joining us now uh, from his attic in Ohio, an absolute superstar of a human. I mean. The leak. 
Probably. Yeah, it's guaranteed. Oh, you think Shams hit up AJ? AJ yeah. Ah, did AJ? AJ knew. AJ. AJ knew within the last. It was AJ days. or yeah. Mitt. I know it. Yeah, but on their side too, there's a lot of people that you know. I think digging, true. digging and diving. Hey, guess what? I did not like expect that. it to be Shams, but Shams did text me the morning of and said, "Is this? Is this?" Where I was like, "Oh, this son of a bitch." <laughs> He's good. You but said, then I'm I like, cannot confirm nor deny. Well, I actually didn't respond until after the announcement, and then I said. You tell me, Shams. Mitt yeah. did have that tweet right under Shams's. He did tweet. What did he say? I was a, it was a gif of a scene from the town. It was his uh, best tweet of all time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Joining us now is a man who's in an attic in Ohio. College football national champion, Super Bowl champion, AJ Hawk. Yeah, Hey, a lot to chat about today. We're taking the next two days off. We apologize we're a little bit late to you. We powered through a hard out and a hard in there. So really good radio show host there on Sirius. We do apologize to everybody. AJ Hawk joining us wearing an incredible wolf shirt Man. going into the holiday. How you feeling, AJ? I feel pretty good. How are you guys doing? We're so thankful every time you join us. You know, that first hour, we had a lot of conversations with Rappaport talking about a lot of things happening around the NFL. He tracked it about, uh, back to South Africa, and he said he's no South Africa expert on the homie-omie Omicron, but he said now they're talking about cases going down. That's like five, six weeks right now, four or five weeks. This is around Thanksgiving, right? So if you track the same... Uh, curve, because remember we're trying it's to all about curve. We're trying to flatten the curve. Yeah, we're trying to drop it down, flatten uh-huh. those things out a little bit. That's what we're trying to do. Drop them down. If you look at the South Africa one, and that's how we're supposed to be, we're looking at a month and a half here, maybe. That's important football time. Exactly. Yeah. And if IQVIA is kind of picking and choosing who they're testing, only five to six people per team, I guess, is the thing. If you're vaccinated, per week or per day. Well, he said per week, but I don't. We'll find out more. Joining us now is a man who is in the building. He is. Playing great football right now. They showed stats in the last game that basically said he should be in a conversation and maybe one of the greatest football players of all time, running back for the Minnesota Vikings, Pro Bowler Dalvin Cole. What's up, dude? What up, Pat? Hey, how you doing, man? What are we at? Uh, Where are we at? We in the office right now? We learning? We watching film right now? What do we got going on? I'm down here in the equipment room. Oh, nice. Uh, You say you you you're secluded away from everybody because you got to wear a mask everywhere in the building right now. Is that accurate? I'm isolated. Yeah, smart. Hey, the, the, has anybody gotten uh, spot tested yet over there and tested positive? Has Omicron been in the? Have you have you experienced any of that right now? Because the Jets just got 15 positives, boom, Damn. out of nowhere, just like this on one day. Uh, the Chiefs got like 10 or something, boom, out of nowhere. Is that something you guys are talking about in the building? And how the fuck do we keep it out of here? Last week we had a bunch of guys, but like we didn't have that many. I don't think so. Like we was all taking them the protocols that they put out that day of of what we had to do. But, you know, we just got in bigger meeting rooms and stuff like that. But other than that, yeah, we just been standing apart. Smart. Hey, I wanted to pivot quick to, to what Deion Sanders is doing. I know uh, your old University of Florida State. With the Seminoles, you think they would offer him the job? And you think he would take it if, he, if uh, you know, they really wanted him to come back and be the head coach? He better take it. <laughs> <laughs> he getting the number one recruit, taking him from his school. Come on, Dion. <laughs> but yeah, that that'll be big. You know, Dion always bring that hype, bring that energy, and it's Dion, so he gonna bring everything else. Are you guys? Is the Florida State alum as tight as some of the other Florida schools? Do you guys all keep in touch, or is now has it kind of fallen apart? Because I remember there was a little bit of something with uh, I think. 
Jalen with D- DBs with uh, Jimbo. I think there was something that happened in, in that whole thing because he left, obviously. Is the Florida State alum still tight like Dion? Is he, you know, in the Florida State community when the number one recruit leaves? I saw you react and go, come on, Dion. Like, <laughs> is that how everybody feels? Or does everybody understand that he wanted that job? He didn't get that job. And Dion is Dion. So he's probably going to have success wherever. Yeah, it's basically how I take it. Like, Dion is Dion. Like, he's going to have success. Um, I don't know about the situation if they offered him the job and stuff like that. Um, I don't know about that situation. But, like, you know, like, the Florida State alums, like, we real tight. But, like, we know, like, it's a downtown for us. And, like, I know Coach Novell is headed in the right direction. So, I like where we're going. And just a matter of time before we start winning more games. That's good news for, uh, I think, all the Florida State fans who potentially thought the world was burning down when they're losing. (laughs) Out of Florida, Uh, we're talking to Dalvin Cook of the Vikings. Let's talk about the Vikings, man. Uh, Obviously, Justin Jefferson has continued to just grow and get better off of an incredible rookie season. Adam Thielen out. Kirk seems to be vibing, but there's a dude in the backfield, uh, double three, that you... When you get going, that team's going. And I feel like everybody knows that from the outside looking in. What has it been like as of late here as you guys have kind of turned the corner and got a little hot here going into the most important part of uh, of the season? Yeah, I know the type of guys we got on the outside. You know, Adam, Tyler Conklin, Jeff, Justin, all those guys, KJ, they can make plays, but I just want to keep it, keep it honest, though. Know? You know, bring an extra guy in the box, you know, make sure the running game is what the running game is supposed to be for those guys to get the right coverages. And, you know, it's been it's been kind of going how we how we how we thought it would go down this because we just got to keep winning to, to stay in this this seven seed to get in the playoffs. And, you know, it's going to be crucial if we pull these last three off, you know, so we don't have my destiny in somebody else's hands. Hey, how's, how's Mike Zimmer doing day-to-day? I, I worry about him at times. He seems to be frustrated <laughs> with different things that have happened. I know this past offseason was a bit rocky at times. I saw him get very excited, actually, during your last game, which was very, very good to see. Like, How, how is he going through the season? Is he pretty much the same guy day-to-day? Yeah, we can't keep taking coach through that. He's one score games. <laughs> These last-minute wins, we can't keep doing that, man. But Coach Zimmer's been good, man. We've been, we've been making sure he's all right, man. You know, because Zim going to be Coach Zim, man. What's Kirk on the day-to-day? And I think we ask you this a lot, but it feels like now we're at a different stage of Kirk Cousins because this is end of contract that was massive, uh, beginning of the contract, big run, big win in uh, New Orleans for playoffs. Then, obviously, the year happens. It's last year. This year going on a run right now. Is, is Kirk just – Always focused on ball. Does he under like is, is how he goes? How you guys go? Is there a different sense of leadership with him? Or is he always like the same guy? And who kind of are you the vocal leader around there? Is Kirk? I don't think that's kind of in his nature. Is it? I don't. I don't think I know him at all. Actually, now I think about it. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like a lot of people like don't actually like know like who he really is. But like, yeah, you know, he's he, like you don't know when his jokes coming. So like they're always funny and yeah, like that's just how he is. But like. As far as being the vocal leader, like, these last, like, year and a half, like, he's been more vocal, like, talking and stuff like that. But, you know, Curtis Kirk, and I feel like he's been growing into that position and just accepting, like, you know, I'm the quarterback of this team, you know, I'm going to lead it. And, you know, that's what he's been doing. So you see his numbers been been proving that. And, you know, it just, you know, he get the, criti- the criticism that nobody else get. And, 
you know, that's why I love playing next to him because he just block it out and he just go play ball. Yeah, it seems like he always puts up good numbers and then there was, oh, he can't win in primetime. Then he goes down to Jerry World, wins in primetime, wins a playoff game in New Orleans, and then there's no real other side conversation about him. You know, like there was always that, oh, he can't win in primetime. That got debunked. Then there was no conversation on the other side. Like, oh, the nerd is actually pretty fucking good at football. Like, there that that yeah. never, you know, that seemed to never catch on. But good for Kirk, man. He gets hot. It's electrifying to watch your offense go. Go ahead, Tony. Hey, Dalvin, can you remember a time in your entire career from Pee Wee's until now, uh, the game where you got the ball and it was just like the biggest holes you could ever imagine? Why was it two weeks ago against the Steelers? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, we had like, like, like to be honest, like. Monday, Tuesday, like the game plan that that we had, like in the meeting room, and I was just like, looking at the board, taking notes and stuff. I'm like, you know, I like this this game plan. Like I had a good feel about it the whole time, and you know, my old line was in in in, in the walkthroughs. You know, they 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 felt good about it. So, you know, that was part of you know the success we had, just feeling good about that game plan. When you do see a, you know, just like a thirty yard hole. You know, is the thought immediately like this can't be real? This isn't real, or is that just like dream come? Is there a sensation that goes through your entire body when you see a massive hole that you don't have to do anything? Or do you get back in the huddle and you're like, "Hey, boys, fucking awesome! <laughs> what you just did right there." Is that on a day to day or on a play to play type situation? There. Yeah, I definitely acknowledge my alignment when like the holes are you know tremendously big because in the NFL, like you don't get those holes. Like them holes closing whatever seconds it is like they close fast and you know having those holes open up like that it just goes to show you know the whole line's working and doing their job so you gotta you know tip your hats to them and let them know you know you appreciate them is it a sense you know because there's some running backs that get into the league and they end up fizzling out because they have a great college career there's a lot of great running backs in college there's a lot of great every position in college but you make it to the nfl it's a little bit different it feels like some guys just have a natural is it like a natural instinct to cut or to see a hole or to wait? Because some guys, they'll have that with that sky cam now. I mean, it is going to expose people's decision-making, especially at the running back position where they put a circle on the player and there's two, yeah, and they go like this basically, but somebody doesn't hit the hole that you continue to hit. There's also the bad side of those potential pictures where guys cut and it's not supposed to be. Is it just a natural instinct over years and years and years or is that something you have to work on or is it just something you've always been able to figure out? Like, I always, like, to be honest, like, I always had, like, good eyes. Like, I always had, like, a good feel for finding, finding like, holes. Like, I always had a good feel for that. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to be blessed with, you know, a pair of good eyes, I guess, and a pair of good instincts. And, you know, those holes was real big, but it's just a matter of what you do with them. Like, what you do after the fact, the hole is big. You know, what you do at the next level, you know, do you break? Do you break the next level tackles? Do you do you take it home, or you know, just the next step that you take as a runner of how you how you gonna dictate that run? Hmm. Hey, do you think vision and instincts as a running back is like one of the top things that you need? Because I'm sure you know plenty of guys that are super fast. They may be built, they may look good, whatever, but they just don't have that vision. They run into the back of their linemen all the time, which I know linemen get super pissed. Yeah, they love that. that. Love like that. I feel like vision is so huge. For you, is that something? Did you realize that early on at a young age? Like, all right, man, like this is. I feel like Easy. I can see things different than other people. Yeah, it was really like, like you know, literally, like I'm just faster and bigger, and I was making plays and stuff like that. But when I got in high school and in college, 
you know, I start to see like, you know, I, I see this thing is like it's real slow down for me. To, I'm seeing the holes. I'm seeing the backside cuts. I'm seeing the, the safeties, how far they is if I want to take it back. And it's like, you know, it was just something that I caught on to early. But, you know, as a runner, I think the top three things as a runner, you know, your vision, your instincts and being a smart player is is the, the, the tributes you need to be a good player because you're going to be fast and you're going to have the physical attributes. But, you know, matching those three things with it, you're a good player. Yeah, you have to find holes. You have to be able to feel things. And you also have to be able to protect the most prized possession your organization has right next to you on stunts and blitzes that maybe offensive linemen or the quarterback can't even pick up. You have to clean up. It's a, it's an incredible position that had been devalued for a long time. But now we're watching almost the cyclicalness of the NFL. The run game is now becoming pivotal conversation now Jonathan Taylor is in MVP talks he's like third highest odds right now because they're feeding him the rock they're talking about teams being able to go on a run on whether or not they can run or they cannot run uh do you do you wait do you feel any change in the culture of football because it used to be just a few years ago everything's opened up we're throwing it any running back can kind of come in there now it feels like the judgment upon teams on whether or not they're going to go on a long run is can they fucking run the ball and can they stop the run but that's probably how football is always did you feel like it ever got away from that and did you have you experienced that in the uh like the thought process of the strategy going into each week's game yeah, I feel like for like a short span of probably like two or three years, like the league was, I thought it was becoming like more of like a, a every eight. Like we was just, they was just airing it out. And I was like, I probably need to start catching more football. <laughs> <laughs> I probably need to catch more balls. <laughs> and then and then we brought Kubiak in here. We brought Kub in here. And then he bought the system. And then it was just like, that was perfect. Um, you know, Coach Zim is a defensive coach. You want to play D. Keep that ball on the ground, play action, and I'm here in the right spot with this purple on. <laughs> <laughs> well, they also are very happy that you're in that equipment room right now down in the basement talking to us because some of the stats they show about your career thus far, it's like, damn, this guy should be in a conversation that is much different than he currently is. It's, it's awesome to watch, and you run. You look like you're so casual while you're running. It mm. is awesome. It is just absolutely awesome to watch. Go ahead, Ty. Dalvin, a couple weeks ago when we had uh, Ian Rapport on the show, it was before the Steelers game, and you were still dealing with, like, I, I think it was the collarbone or some sort of upper body injury, and he was making it seem like, you know, you might only get a couple oh, of carries yeah. that Fuck night. you, by and the way. And then you went off, yeah, yeah, and rushed for 200 yards. Does that... When you have an upper body injury like that, I mean, shit, you you know, you got 28 carries last week. Like, you know you're taking hits. You're catching the ball. Like, does that alter how you have to play at all or not really? I mean, we were told you weren't even playing. There you go for 200 fucking yards or something. It's <laughs> yeah. like, well, we would have changed a lot of bets if we knew this guy uh-huh. was playing. Was it a question going into that game? And that was a unbelievable performance, by the way. Yeah, my nobody knew. Like it was the thing where if you wake up feeling good, then I'm gonna go. Like if I woke up feeling like if I felt any type of soreness, like I wasn't gonna go. But like I woke up feeling good, and you know, I told I told Shug, I was like I'm ready to go, and then it was on from there. But um, no, I don't I don't I don't alter my my play. I don't I don't do that. Like you know if I if I tell myself I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna play ball, like like I know the risk of what I'm what I'm doing. Like I know I'm out here and at a physical sport. Like this is one of the physical sports. So like I have no regrets when I go on the field. Like whatever comes with it, it comes with it and I deal with it later. What was it? Was it a labrum? I don't remember what it was. No, I um I had dislocated my shoulder. It came out. Oh, did they do the the 
The pop back in thing? No, nah, so I was laying there for a minute, and then, like, I just had to calm down because I was in, like, a sense of panic. And then, like, once I kind of, like, set up a little bit, like, it just, whew, just huh? Does that happen a lot for you? Nah. Uh-uh. That's why I was in panic mode like that. Like, I was like, hold up. Like, y'all put this back in right now. <laughs> uh, Dalvin, we appreciate you, man. Good luck on the rest of the way. Good luck with all the protocols. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by. Appreciate it, fellas. Ladies and gentlemen, Dalvin Cook. Thank you. Yeah. Calling from the basement, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're in the basement down there. He runs so casual, it looks mm -hmm. like. Yeah, he's yeah. just running like straight up and down. So and fast at the same time. That's what's scary. Like so sudden too when he makes his moves. Yeah, he yeah. He is a dude that would be scary. Like those tackles like you showed that Minka made in the open field when he's playing the Steelers, like those are the tackles are there are very few humans on the planet that can do that. Coming out of Florida State, remember, like, hey, this guy. Oh, yeah. There's a guy. Stud. There's yeah. a guy. And then he's get, he gets going numb. Okay, let's talk about it. Thank you for him for stopping by, chatting from the building and the facility. Great conversation. Good luck to the Vikings the rest of the week. Yeah. Man. Good luck. Playoffs. I mean, fuck the Vikings, but, you know, I like Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook just spent his time no, with I know. He's great player. I mean, he's he's the last I Packer to come on for us. Rodgers on yesterday. Oh, shit. Aaron Jones is on last yeah. Friday, too. Yeah. A lot of Packers. Big Packers. Yeah, big is actually, we are calling the Packers. Hey, yeah. Go Vikings, right. though. Hey, right. good, luck, go Vikings. Hey, good luck to the Vikings. Good luck I will see everybody win. I will see everybody win the Super Bowl. Some more. Than others, but everybody wins the Super Bowl, man. Get a billion dollars. Let's talk about last night's game, dude. Coach Sirianni, don't look now. Eagles are hot. They're flying together. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Might have a guy in Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith making incredible plays. Let's go. 130 yards rushing for Miles Sanders. 130-plus yards for Dallas Goddard. First time the Eagles have done that. Jalen Hurts looks like a leader. He looks good. He looks like the NFL game. He's adapting to it in a much better fashion than we could have ever imagined last year, especially while he's going through all the shit. The defense, Cox, obviously. I think he punched somebody last night. Night. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles feel like they're a team that is, I want to I want to say getting hot at the right time because they have been hot, but they're playing good football. They could catch a team. They could get you if they get into the dance, I think. Especially if Jalen uh, continues to play like he does and he's hot. And also, like Devontae Smith, you mentioned him making plays. Also, things that he is, he's doing, not showing up on the statute. He had some good blocks downfield, too. Devontae? Yeah, oh yeah. Blocking on the on the perimeter multiple times I saw. It's too small, uh, they said. Yeah. Whoa. They said they said he's too small to Kel block. Yeah, they said Kelsey's too small too, and he's eighty five yards down the field outrunning <laughs> the running back trying to get blocks. <laughs> Getting pissed when they don't cut off of his off his block too. I, I, I don't know if you know this. We uh we talked to Coach Sirianni earlier. You know, oh. He has to be pretty excited after the big win, right? Well, that stadium, first off, that stadium seemed to really get going late in the game when they knew that they were going to win. And Sirianni was bouncing around the sidelines. Like, he seemed to be really enjoying himself. He was feeling it. Well, he was getting flowers thrown at him a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. You know, not too long ago. It was, you know, the rollout of the press conference coming out of the dumpster fire that was the offseason. Doug Peterson's gone. Carson Wentz is gone. Last year, rolling into the fourth quarter, Sudfeld's coming in. I mean, the whole Jalen Hurts era had been littered with chaos basically in Philadelphia. He was the guy, he wasn't the guy. We're going to we're going to trade for Deshaun Watson in the offseason. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jalen's our guy and I guess with everything that happened at Alabama and him going to Oklahoma and being this constant professional, it only helped him to become an NFL player and everybody in the building said, "Hey, he showed up ready to work, wanted to do his thing." Sirianni, it feels like he might have struck gold over there. Jalen was making some throws that I thought Holy shit, I did not expect that out of Jalen Hurts. I think in the NFL, in the men's league, you know, I just think it's a little bit different than college. You've seen a lot of people have success in college and then not be able to translate into the NFL. They're winning football games, and he is a 
actual threat, real threat on the ground that they have to respect, which opens up everything else for Devontae and for Goddard that they Goddard. picked over. And he, I mean, that pick was bullshit, obviously. Yeah. But <laughs> Coach Sirianni is back with us, AJ. If you have any questions for him, he has rejoined us in studio. Thanks to Coach Sirianni, 2X appearance today. Oh, yeah, Coach, I appreciate you coming on again, I guess, for the second time today. What did you do after the big win with your family at home? How'd you celebrate? I got fucking shit-faced because, you know, we're, <laughs> obviously, I went down to Gino's and Pat, spit in both of those, went to Dow Sandro's, then went home and got shit-faced with the family. Like I said earlier, I am the coach of the year. They'll never give it to me. But uh, we kind of just – based my coordination was last night pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Hey, Coach, we, I know uh, this show, I, I feel like we didn't give you guys much of a chance going into this season because the offseason was so rocky and all this stuff. And a lot of other people kind of echoed the same thing. Like, Does it feel good to kind of throw it back in people's faces now you guys 7-7 seven and seven with a chance to, to make it? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you go back and you watch these weekly interviews, my tone has changed quite a bit. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not the laughing stock that I was maybe the first five or six weeks. Like I said, we – we slow played our hand the entire season. Everyone say, hey, look at this fucking doofus talking. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's talking about weird shit in press conferences. And then we just run football down people's throats week after week after week after week after week after week. I mean, you know, it, like I said, dog mentality. People wanted to make fun of that, too. But guess what? We are dogs. We don't bark. We just bite. And Ron Rivera found that out last night. He did, didn't he, Coach? And it's not just... The dogs, you know, mentality. How about your offensive line dogs? Yeah. Those dudes run four fours, it look. There's like three of them getting out on the edge, basically. Yeah. And both, like, for Jay. Hey, we talked about this yesterday, didn't we? That's a threat, too. If they're trying to block the corner, they, those DBs can't go low on them. So they know, like, all right, we're going to win this block. I was talking about this in the first hour because some people who maybe, you know, haven't played the game or seen the game, and I've been very lucky to be just front row. I've never actually played in a lot of the positions of importance, obviously. I mean, I was quarterback a couple times, so I guess that's the most important. But you get the other ones. When the offense, offensive line gets out there and they're pulling there isn't always a massive collision because there's a lot of people running trying to run around the offensive line that's a block mm -hmm. like that is that, that that's a win that's a win for that o-lineman that's a loss for that defensive player bingo so whenever you get two offensive linemen that can run it seems like they're like 50 kelsey's running like 15 16 miles an hour i think and he's fucking 285 290 he's still doing it too he was doing that about, i mean i remember watching kelsey on film for years and years of him so far down the field blocking guys like 50 yards downfield and running so fast and i've always thought like at least as an inside backer when a center can move like kelsey can and they can get out to the second level so quick like if you think they're undersized it doesn't matter like those guys are so difficult to handle jason kelsey can pound a beer too uh, i absolutely love that man as a human and as a player and it feels like with what we're talking about with playoff football especially this year we just got done talking to dalvin cook about it the only judgment on all these teams that are good that whether or not they can make it or not is hey can you stop the run game whenever it shows up the patriots prove that they can win a game with just the run game yep. they prove hey if we have to just run we can do it we can stop the run they were able to prove it the colts the Colts can run the ball no matter what. It doesn't matter where they are. Actually, if the weather gets worse and they're not in the dome, it might even benefit yeah. them because of the way the offensive line can move. Yep. And it's interesting that the Bills are not built the way or constructed the way the Colts are with the two different homes that they have. Both teams very good, but that's the conversation beginning and end for the playoffs, it feels like, this year. Hasn't always been this way, but this year it feels like can you run the ball and can you stop the run is going to inevitably be what makes you go. 
The Eagles can fucking run the ball. Yeah. Hey, the Eagles can run the rock if they sneak in. Now, Cowboys 10 and 4. They're taking on the Washington football team Sunday night football. They're obviously in the driver's seat for the NFC East and a home uh, playoff game. Now, there's a lot of football still to be played. Who knows what's going to happen? We don't know shit about fuck about any of these games, especially with how the season has gone. But the Eagles, they're on a run. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. 27 out of 32 NFL teams are still alive right now. That's a team that can continue to win, and they're 10-7. and seven. I mean, they're in. Yeah. They'll be in on the yeah. NFC side, and if they can run and get hot, look out for fucking Siri. Scary team to face, don't you think, Philly, if they really put it together and they're playing with a ton of confidence because their head coach has manifested that culture down there and bred confidence throughout that whole organization in that building? Yeah, I'd be scared to face it. Well, and also, I mean, they did play Gary Gilbert yesterday. That's right. Okay, so let's not lose our I'm minds. thinking more of defensively trying to stop their offense with what Jalen Hurts can do with his legs and when he throws the ball. Like, yeah, they have weapons and they have, they're very athletic, and I love how their offensive line can move. Lane, like – Tackles aren't supposed to be able to move like that. They really are not. Well, three, they have three guys. I forget what – I saw one play, and it, it, maybe it, because it didn't have the sound on when I was watching it because streaming at the same fucking time. Yeah, yeah. What, what are we doing? What are we doing, dude? If we're going to do this, let's actually do it. But I was trying – I think I saw three guys. Three, like it was like a – you know how Jim Kong Un had the uh, those guys run next to his uh, – his limo. Yep. Oh, yeah. I think that's what I saw with three offensive yep. linemen, Jesus. like like five, six, seven, ten yards down the field. I'm like, how do you stop that? Like, if they, I guess you, you got to create a pile. That's the thing with the old rule. You got to go and create a pile, hopefully, take at least two of them out low and create a pile so where the back either has to stop or, like, you know, change directions, go around you. Now you can't do that. So penetration, right, is the only way to stop that. So you got to pick them off. When their Early. shoulders are parallel to the line, when they're turned sideways running to get outside, you got to go pick them off then before they get their shoulders turned and come downhill at you. So what is that? The zone uh, – what did Pat White, Steve Slayton – Zone read. Zone. What we, we were, he ran a zone read, right? The mm-hmm. outside zone read, basically. And he would he would do, you know, to Steve or to Noel later, he's reading one person. This is 15 years ago, by the way, whenever we were doing this beating everybody except for a fucking game we should have won i mean god damn it that's on me but the whole thing was hey you're gonna you're either gonna give it or you're gonna take it and steve's faster than everybody and then he's gonna throw it maybe to darius renaud that's out there the only time we lost is when somebody got penetration through the like it felt like that was the thing that killed everything if somebody got penetration in the direction in which pat was looking it was a it was game set match because he's reading the end. But if an inside guy gets through, yeah. it kind of fucks up the whole thing. I feel like that's the only way you stop whenever there's three guys pulling is you got to get to them before that ball even gets out there. Because once they get out there, that's 15-20 just like that out of nowhere, right? That's a lot of, a lot of uh, beef pulling around the edge there that's really creating uh, creating a nice pathway for, for a good running back behind him. Okay, let's talk about the other game. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup continue to be the Cooper Cup show. And Matthew Stafford, fresh out of Detroit, dude. Detroit Rock City. Yeah. yeah. He's up there for 100 years. You know, never got a nice. chance to really win yeah. many games, but put up a lot of records. Has the top receiving year in NFL history with Calvin Johnson. Now, Calvin Johnson obviously holds the record. Legend Hall of Fame. Congrats, Calvin. Congrats, Calvin. 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 Pay that guy back his money. But Matthew Stafford uh, was the quarterback for that year for him. Now, uh, Cooper Cup is 340 yards away. Now, granted, this is the 17-game season, so it'll have different records going forward. But he could... 
Technically, he could get 340 yards in the next two weeks. It would be 16 games. Uh, who knows what he's going to be able to accomplish with 17 games. It'll probably only go. Matthew Stafford, also his quarterback. But there was a time in that game where it became the Cooper Cup show. It was just like when Tom Brady and Antonio Brown in that game against the Dolphins, where Tom, for that first drive, was literally just looking for him. And Sean McVay had Cooper Cup in every fucking position. Every position last night just trying to get him the rock. I don't know if they're trying to get the record, but he is electrifying to watch. That Eastern Washington. Washington kid fucking flies, dude. He's awesome. And it seems like every every game now this year, there's a time when it's just, okay, here we go, Cooper Cup. We're gonna we're gonna just feed this guy. But I I would guess McVeigh wants to get him that record. I, I would guess Stafford wants the record, and McVeigh is going to call the game to try to get him that record. And uh, by the way, I think there's a good chance. I think there's a good chance they get it after oh, yeah. what he feels he pulls away from people. He has like a natural instinct. It feels in those zones to drop in there. So there's little whip routes too that he does where he'll put the like, Edelman. He goes back and forth seven different times. I'm like, how do you, how do you cover this dude? So those are like the Edelman routes. Remember, that, yeah. that was when Edelman came in. He would just run like six. He's gonna seven. work off your leverage, like whatever leverage you're showing. He's gonna work off of it. And I don't know if that's what Cooper Cup is doing. I haven't watched you all 22, but I only know what Edelman was doing because Griff Whalen did it against us in practice. He was imitating. Julian Edelman and Hasselbeck was the quarterback and Hasselbeck and Griff had great like chemistry and everybody knew that hey Tom and Julian like this is, they don't know which way he's going it is depending upon where Griff had 14,000 yards that week <laughs> yikes because should we not just maybe implement like literally watching it was like <laughs> yeah. should we not should we bracket this guy or something yeah no not also that should we not put this in put our this offense in the playbook. should we not oh, put yeah. this in yeah. our yeah. offense it feels like and I think Cooper Cup and Matt and McVeigh kind of have that same you know, like I think there's a lot of trust. reading. There's a lot of trust too. We we talked about before on the show, like when you listen to Cooper t Cooper Cup talk about what defenses are doing. Like the dude Fires seems like a genius. Yeah. Anyhow, he's yeah. he's reading every single thing. He's reading all eleven guys in the defense. It seems like as the play is going on. So I'm sure Stafford has tons of confidence in him. Too. I think Tone said it this morning. He said, you know, he said he's like another quarterback on field. Mm -hmm. That's what they say about Cooper Cup. He has to know every position though for every play, just like the quarterback, because they have him. <laughs> Everywhere he is, that one drive, I think he lined up at five different positions. Yeah, and it was like, oh, he's still just a wide receiver. It's like, yeah, but he has to learn to play probably for every fucking yeah. one of these things. It's just like a quarterback, and then he, they, him, and Matt have to be on the same page. That's a team with how much, you know, firepower they got on mm -hmm. that team. Mm -hmm. Super Bowl's in so far. I mean, we got a lot of questions about that team. We got a lot of questions about that. Put him in the backfield. Tough to cover Cooper out of the backfield too. He did. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was right. Yeah. He did. That's what I'm saying. I think they I had think him they at fullback one time last night. Every yeah. game, I, I would blocking. imagine they'll do more and more of that. Tight end, he was like the basically block and check release, you know, check down if he needed him, and he threw it to him. They do say he's a great blocker as well. That's yeah. why he can do stuff like that. So they have Odell there, right? Odell's just the rest of this year, or is he a free yeah, agent? Yeah, just uh, mm -hmm. one year. Because I wonder, like, they say Odell, and by they, this sounds like I'm not saying it, but I haven't watched enough film. I don't know. Odell tough, actually. People think Odell not yeah. tough. Odell actually tough. Now, he misses games because he has potential muscle injuries or whatever's going on because he is a, you know, he's like a Lambo as an athlete. I mean, we can all agree with that. Whenever he's fucking flying around, there is not a lot of humans that can do what Odell Beckham do. But they say he plays through injuries. They say he blocks people. He can fly around. His football IQ is high. I mean, what if they have two of those? If Could that be the thing that changes Odell's career as opposed to just being the outside guy? Will he, after seeing what Cooper Cup does, be able to be like, hey, you, why don't we just do this whole thing? And then, I mean, that could be the next step for that offense because that thing's – like Tyreek Hill, who's out 
by the way, I guess he tested positive. He uh, he said he felt symptoms, got tested. He's in a COVID protocol now. We don't know how long. We hope Travis Kelsey also in there. But mm. what they use with Tyreek Hill in Kansas City, it feels like Cooper is kind of doing the same type of stuff. And I, I don't know what would hold Odell back aside from not knowing every single fucking play in the playbook, which is probably not as easy to do. But it feels like they're only going to grow on that. Woods comes back next year as well. Van Jefferson's playing. Matthew Stafford, another year comfortable. So I don't know if they're going to win this year. But I remember watching last night and thinking to myself, man, think about like a year into this mm-hmm. offense, what they're going to be able to do. I mean, even Rob Sheet saying earlier, though, like the Bucks didn't really get hot till now. Like the Rams feel more like that mm-hmm. type of team where Odell, by the time yeah. playoffs come around, he knows the entire playbook. Kind of the guys who've been banged up like Daryl Henderson, who played last night, but he's still not playing every down like he was. Kind of gets his groove back too. Like the, it still seems as though the Rams can go on a run. Von Miller gets a little more comfortable in the defense. Like they have the players. Yeah, he got a sack last night. Still have yeah. Aaron Donald. Still have yeah. Aaron Donald. And Stafford too. Stafford, if you need to go on the road in the playoffs and win a cold game, Stafford has done that. He's he's not scared to play in the cold. Ramsey made an absurd play too yesterday. On he DK. floats through. Yeah, the it's insane. He. How about whenever, and this was brought up, I think, by you, somebody got COVID and they said, thank you, or Eckler. Austin Eckler gets uh, on the cover. He goes, thank you, everybody, for reaching out. Jalen Ramsey goes, I got COVID. Don't fucking hit me up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he is. I like that he is, you know. Like, I, he's I, awesome. He's yeah. an absolute stud. Like, yeah. he's unbelievable. I agree. I love it. All right, let's get to a break. We'll be back on the other side. we got to talk about the games that are to come. AJ. We start with Niners-Titans tomorrow night. Ooh. Okay, big-time playoff That's implications. Saturday, Packers-Browns, Colts-Cardinals. <laughs> Sunday, Steelers-Chiefs, uh, Washington-Pats-Bills. Pat, Pats, Bills. Yeah. I mean, there is. Bengals-Ravens. There's a lot of. Bengals-Ravens is massive in this thing. There's a couple duds. Okay, Jets-Jags. Jets have 15 players on uh, the COVID list. They're hosting the Jags. Yikes. That is a massive who gives a fuck bowl. Yep. Yeah. Really, okay. that and the Lions-Falcons is really the only two. Oh, I guess. That's probably why Bob Sala got COVID. He was like, ah, fuck it. I don't really want to coach against the Jags. <laughs> he did, he did <laughs> self-report, I guess. I'll that's be glued to that Bears-Seahawks game. Hell yeah. Sure. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, there's a couple games that are going to yeah. be duds, but with what? 27 teams <laughs> still in it, with 27 teams still in it, it's it's great to be an NFL fan. It's great to be an NFL show. And uh, on the other side, we'll have to address some of the reactions to Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Oh. A lot of non-misleading journalists, uh-huh. people who would never do anything like that. Yeah, they know attacking, you know, the show. It seems oh, to be. Good. I'm excited. I didn't know anything about this. Great. Oh, that's a good time. I mean, but also, they are just as, you know, um, stern but fair. I don't think they're fair, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't hear them saying anything to me, you know, when things are saying on the other side, you know, and I'm just like, hey, I would like our place to be a place where if you want to come speak your side and after you've been attacked, come on in. Like, hey, I'm here for conversation. The world should get a little bit more of that. I think. Yeah. Like, hey, and now. Is it like when you vote? Like when I tell you, when people, remember when when the elections are coming and, and oh, everybody on the planet is pushing the vote? Hey, come on, come on. You got to make sure you vote. Okay, well, what if I, who are you voting for? Okay, well, I'm voting opposite of you. Do you still want me to vote? Well, and also, yeah. I think we should relax on the, the push because, like, I think there's a lot of people who think when they look at me like that dude shouldn't be allowed to vote. And that's a fair, that's a fair, <laughs> yeah, it's a fair, that's a fair assessment, you know? But, but also, we're back on the other side. So sorry to interrupt, but if you have ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there is no better time than now. This week, our friends at Simply Safe are giving our listeners 40 per- holy shit, 40% off their award-winning home security. 
We love Simply Safe because it has everything you need to make your home safe. Indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive, sen- or comprehensive sensors. Say that a couple times fast. And also, they do have all these things. It's amazing. And it's all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. We have Simply Safe in this office, and we all have them at our homes. It's very easy to set up. Very easy to set up. You can do it yourself. You don't need any, you know, strangers going through your house, tracking mud, you know, drilling holes. That ain't what Simply Safe is all about. Simply Safe is ta- about taking home security to a much more modernized level. It's an app, it's cameras, it's sensors, it tracks movement, they have trained professionals watching along. You're good to go. You get alerts for anything that's potentially weird. It is literally the perfect home security system. And the 40% off is the biggest discount of the year. You can get a complete home security system starting at just over $100 for peace of mind. There are no long-term contracts or commitments. It's a really easy way to start feeling a bit more peace of mind. Take advantage of Simply Safe's holiday say, um, sale and get 40% off your new home security system by visiting simplysafe.com slash McAfee. Again, that's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash M-C-A-F-E-E for 40% off your entire system. Hurry, this offer ends soon. And with the holidays coming around and a lot of delivery stuff going on, Simply Safe protects you against those porch pirates too. It's the perfect time to get into the game at simplysafe.com slash McAfee and get 40% off your entire system. That's crazy. Back to the show. Us now live from somewhere with great internet, ladies and gentlemen, Coach Us Up Chuck, segment host, Coach Chuck Pagano. Yeah, oh, you look good. What's up, guys? Yeah, you look good today. You look great right now. You're glowing right now. It's Christmas. Let's go. How's the gobble ghoul? Let's go. Hey, you got just, a charcuterie board with tons of double ghoul on it. Oh, I love that. You got to make sure you got good crackers for uh, the mm-hmm. basic palated people like myself. Sometimes the crackers get a little bit too high society on those short cut uh-huh. boards. You know, I want to try the gobble ghoul, but I like to mix it with a Ritz. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I like a Ritz as opposed to the other stuff that's there. What type Ritz, of what type of crackers and uh, uh, carbs do we have on the charcuterie board, Coach? You know, we got a, a vegan family here, so we got like gluten free. Like, we, we made boot. I'm doing meatballs and, and pasta for uh, Christmas Eve for the family. Yeah. We're going traditional on, on Saturday, but I got to bring gluten free. We made gluten free meatballs, uh, gluten free crackers. You know, you make breadcrumbs are like gluten free, uh, smashed up, whatever. I mean, yeah. not what I'm used to, but yeah. I tried one of them. It, it wasn't too bad, but. Anything for the family. Hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, This is big time football time, Coach. December football, obviously very important. There's 27 out of 32 teams still uh, basically in it to get to the playoffs. It's insane. Have you ever seen this type of parody around the NFL? And what do you uh, what do you think it's because of? Yeah, no, I don't I don't ever remember uh, a season. My 18 years in the National Football League, none uh, quite like this and you know, it's it's what the league wanted. They wanted parity. That's why the draft is set up the way the draft is, and the, they have a salary cap and and so forth, and free agency, this, that, and the other. So, yeah, no, it's uh, it's exciting as hell. It's great. It's great for all of us fans. You know, I'm glad I'm I'm this side of it, watching as a fan now. But uh, it's super exciting. Chuck, do you ever think like defensive coaches will eventually? 
become as valuable as offensive coaches have, I guess, mm. as of late with McVay and all these guys, these young gurus that want to come in and they, they want to hire them to become head coaches. Yes, I understand there's definitely defensive guys still getting hired, but it seems like they always look to the offensive guys first when they interview. Yeah, uh, great question, AJ. I think oh, it's all cyclical uh, because, you know, everybody's looking for that needle in the haystack and the next Sean McVay, you mentioned his name and sure would be nice if, you know, guys like myself did better. You know, that we're defensive guys and, you know, if Robert, if Robert Sala could turn it around, uh, you know, in New York, then then it might come back, you know, full circle. And, and it just takes a couple guys. Again, I think, you know, you're hiring the, the CEO. We talked about it ad nauseum. Uh, you know, the leader of the organization, you need to hire a leader of men. So to me, if I'm an owner right now and I own a team, I'm going to go get the best leader of men. And then together, you know, we're going to put together uh, an all-star staff and, guys that know how to call plays like the best play callers, you know, in, uh, in the National Football League on both sides of the ball, especially. team. We asked you about how long you think it takes for a culture to be built. And obviously Jacksonville is going to be on another rebuild of a culture somehow here this upcoming season. And, you know, you we've all joked about how, you know, your take on the Omicron is not very strong, kind of weak, like the Detroit Lions. I mean, that is your actual uh, words there. But then whenever you see them get a win, and then you see that locker room afterwards, isn't that the easiest way to tell whether or not a team is onto something after a game or how the players look at the coach and interact with them? Isn't that a, a thing that is very noticeable, you think, as an outside source now as opposed to being inside? Absolutely. You'd have to be blind not to be able to, yeah. you know, recognize that and see that. It's it's just, it's amazing. And you watch what he's done and, and kept that group together. That, to me, is is the biggest tell. Is you know, been so easy for that, that group to, you know, pack it in and say, okay, you know, we'll just go for the number one pick. You know, it's your first year of a six-year deal. You know, we'll get it next year. But, you know, he just refused to, to let anybody in that organization, the coaches and the players, you know, give in to, you know, the circumstances. And they just kept playing and kept swinging, and he stayed true to himself, um, you know, kept, you know, you know, just plugging away and, and shoot, what a great win, you know, against the against the Cardinals. And then, you know, to see Coach in that locker room, to your point, Pat, you know, and, and those players, I mean, that's genuine, man. That That's real. Uh, you know, that's like we talked about, you know, last week, um, you know, those relationships. You can tell there's, there's great – trust and, and respect within that locker room between, you know, the, the head coach, the assistant coaches, the players uh, across the board. Huge. How about Coach Sirianni? I mean, the Eagles just played yesterday, and he, I mean, he stumbled out of the gates. I, I don't know how else to explain. <laughs> I mean, with the building he was going into already on fire, then his press conference being what it was and then some of the quotes not being just the standard coach and having a different way of looking at things and the way the team went and how everybody kind of visioned the Eagles turning out versus how they are right now with Jalen Hurts basically a rookie quarterback at this point now I know it's his second year but last year you can call a wash because of what a nightmare it was they get a big time win last night over a you know a very depleted Washington football team, but still it's the NFL. They're able to get a win and make some magic happen. They had no film on Gary Gilbert. They could have never no, expected nope. what was coming from Gary, but what do you think about that team? And what do you think it is like being a young coach and kind of finding your rhythm and finding your way and finding how you're going to do things? How pivotal is that as a, of a moment as a head coach you think it is? Yeah, that's huge. I mean, we joke about it. You guys joke about it with, with Ty and, and everything that, that you guy. know, coach of the year, you know, it's either oh, Belichick or 
or Sirianni or, or whatnot, but I'd give it to him right now based on just how he started this season. You guys can can only imagine the magnitude of a you're the next head coach. You know, he probably's like myself and like you mean to tell me you're you're giving me this job, number one, and then number two, when you step into that role, and then number three, you gotta start talking not only to your team, that's easy, but to the media and where he started, you know, and where he's at today as a head football coach, uh, as a guy dealing with the media. I'm sure it's everything now what we're seeing, what you know, Jeffrey Lurie and, and Howie Roseman saw in the very beginning when they interviewed this guy, you know, one, two, three days, whatever that interview process was, and he was just himself, Th- that magnitude of that title and then putting you, you know, as the face of a franchise, that can get you sideways, you know, and, and you're sitting there walking into every presser and thinking you got to be something that you're not. I think he's just found his groove. That team's found their groove. Uh, kudos to, to, to Nick and, and that coaching staff and, and those players. They're playing fantastic ball right now. And, and to me, if, if they keep doing what they're doing and they get in the playoffs, uh, they're a dangerous, dangerous team because they got talent and they got playmakers. And, and Jalen's, you know, he don't know what he don't know. He, he's, he's scary. You know what I mean? And, and he doesn't know he's not supposed to be playing uh, this good. And uh, as well as, you know, uh, Devontae and, and the rest of those guys. And they got it. They got it. Everything you need in December, right? Run the ball. Stop the run. You know, protect the program. You know, affect the quarterback. Protect your own quarterback. All those kind of things, and they they can do that. And they play good defense. They fly around. I mean, everybody was on Gannon, too, you know, as a young coordinator, you know, coming in the league. And you look at what they've done over the last, you know, uh, six, seven weeks. Those guys are playing really good football, man. And I just think I just think Nick, you know, needed to find, you know, his his, his groove and, and kind of get comfortable in his own skin. And, and it sure helps when you're, you're winning games. You know, that makes that a lot easier. Hey, congrats, Paisan. Yeah. Thank you very much, Coach, for saying that. Very nice <laughs> hey, go ahead, AJ. Chuck, when you, uh, like, when you become a head coach and you're interviewing other candidates for coordinators, position jobs, all that, what are you looking for when you're talking to those people? And also, like, do some of them you know, hey, before they even shut the door behind them, that this isn't going to work out? Get the fuck out. Yeah, to be honest, that that's happened, you know, but that's just, you know, part of the that's just part of the process, I think, for for anything, not only interviewing football coaches, but anybody in, in corporate America probably, you know, goes through those things. And you like to always give, you know, a guy his day in court, you know, as we say. But, um, no, you're, you're looking for, you know, I, you know, I learned from my dad, you know, his high school football coach. And then the great mentors that I have is is you want guys that, that aspire to be. Uh, head football coaches and uh, they're not just satisfied with being and not everybody can do that but not just satisfied with being you know a coordinator or a position coach but they've got goals they're hungry um, they're going to go about it the right way they're you know guys that have humility uh, guys that have empathy uh, guys that don't have egos you know guys that you know are very very smart you know I wanted guys that were you know a lot smarter uh, than myself and and put them in those positions, and then you know, then let them go. But uh, and guys that could communicate, you know, you gotta you gotta relate now, and you gotta be able to communicate. You know, we all saw you know uh, the dumpster fire that happened, you know, down in Jacksonville. That you know, you mentioned Pat, they're starting over uh, again, and um, you you gotta have guys that can that can relate to these players and communicate with these players, and 
and uh, you know, get them to. Who buy are they going to hire, Chuck? Who do you think Jacksonville is going to go after? Yeah, what could it be? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, there's there's the hot names out there. You know, everybody. You know, stock, they were talking Kellen Moore early in the season for one of these jobs. Mm-hmm. Coordinator at Dallas. You know, he's kind of cooled off a little bit. You know, Byron Leftwich. You know, and Todd Bowles. I think there's two dudes. You know, right down there. You know, in, in that state in Ta- at Tampa that uh, that definitely are going to get interviewed. Todd's definitely going to get another shot to be a head coach. Hey, know, they, after, hey, after. hey, they re-upped Todd's deal because they knew he was going to get a head coach and get great. Is that normal? Like, hey, we know people are going to want you to be a head coach here. We're going to re-up you to hopefully kind of handle that and take care of that. Is that something that is done on purpose, you think, for the good of the future of the program? No, no question about it. And, and, and Todd, may, he may not want to be a head coach again. You know, you do this. Is that real? Is that something that happens, you think? Three, three, four years and five years, whatever. And then you can go get a a D coordinator job. And then they offer you, you know, rip up your old deal, which we're making two and a half, three million. And now they're paying you four and a half, five million a year just to run one side of the ball. And, and, you know, when the game's over, you you get to grab your hoagie, you know, and (laughs) and pop a cold beer and and drive home with your family or whatever. You know, stick around, do the media. So, hell yeah, that. You know, so they like to you know tie those guys up and show how much they love for them. But yeah, that's a that's a great gig right now. But I, I think those are those are some those are some of the guys. Uh, I can't wait to hear who they hire. And you know, Trevor Lawrence. Will we ever know? That is an actual question. Will we ever know? It's just like the Sam Darnold conversation at Jets. He's playing some this weekend, I guess. Cam Newton will be the starter. Sam Darnold's going to play some this weekend. Matt Rule came out and said that. The Carolina Panthers are still alive. I mean, they're, hey, I feel like it is vital to know who the guy is. I honestly believe that. I might be wrong. I am just a punter kicker who observed shit, got, was very lucky to see a lot of things. But I think knowing who the quarterback is, and now granted, Cam came in middle of the season. There's PJ, there's Sam, there's uh, we had Teddy, he's out, we're doing all this. There's a lot of that. They're trying to figure it out, and they're still in the hunt. So good on them for figuring that out. But I feel like it's pivotal to know who the fuck the guy is at that position. Am I wrong in thinking that, Chuck? No. Are you kidding me? And you, you can't get two or three guys ready. You know, you can, you can run a guy in like, you know, Vegas does with Mariota. You can run him in. He's been running the zone read, read option forever, play here or play there. But you can't get, you know, uh, a couple guys ready to, to win a, na- a game in the National Football League. And, yeah, everybody everybody needs to know uh, specifically the guy that's starting, the guy that's going to be the guy, that you got absolute faith and trust and confidence in him. And all the, all the players on the team have to know that. You know, when you, we walked into the stadium and, and we didn't have our trigger man, you know, we loved all the other guys. I mean, great, great dudes, right? We love them. But we're like, God damn, everybody else got <laughs> your asses off on special teams. Pat, we need we need inside inside the 10-yard line. We got to play field position. We got to take care of the ball. Defense, we got to take it away. We got to give these guys short fields. Yeah, no, you, you got to know, and that guy wants to know, you know, who that guy is and, you know, the – the roller coaster they're on down there and you know and let's make a deal and 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 whatever they're playing with the quarterback situation i mean that's it can't be fun i mean it's hard it's hard it's hard enough to win let alone you know going through all those deals i wonder how matt rule feels now because at baylor he was oh yeah just crushing i mean they were they're hey i mean he's three and all right 
and they got this this Phil Snow's the D coordinator. I've known Phil for a long time, long time college guy, really really bright guy, really good coach. You know, they were people weren't gaining anything on them under 200 yards a game. Uh, I mean, they were ready to anoint Matt at week three, right? I think they were three and zero. They started the season coach of the year, you know, and, and Tepper, you know, gave him this you know 70 million dollar contract, all all this stuff, and I mean. He's doing okay just because, I mean, every time you start feeling sorry for yourself, just say, hey, open up, go to your mail, go to one of your old, you know, pay stubs and just look at <laughs> the and, and say, okay, honey, we're going to be okay. Uh, yeah, things things are going to be okay. We're going to have a nice old Christmas still. <laughs> Kids are still going to get their gifts. I know AJ and the boys have a lot of questions for you, and we can't thank you enough for joining us. And I was just going to talk about like Urban Meyer fails as a college coach going to the NFL. That is the story that will be told forever, right? Just alongside Petrino, Saban, you know, a lot of college coaches. Pete Carroll started in the NFL, I think, then he came back, and then he went there. Just like Matt Rule, started with the Giants, then he went to Penn State, and then he went to Temple, I think, then he went to Baylor, and then now he's back in the NFL. But do the old NFL, and you were a college coach for a long time before you got in the NFL, do you feel as if the NFL coaches – you know, don't mind seeing these college coaches who are very good in college come to the NFL and maybe not have as much success because, you know, it kind of proves the point that it's the men's league and it's a different fucking level up here. Is that something that is real, you think, behind closed doors deep down when they lay their head down at night, the NFL coaches? You know, uh, across the board, I, I don't think so. I think, you know, they, they want guys generally to be, you know, be successful. They're happy for them to, you know, get the opportunities. I think there's, there is a group out there that loves to, you know, pounce on these guys, you know, when they don't uh, do well. I think everybody basically convinced and manifested, you know, Aaron always talks about manifesting things uh, in, into reality. You know, all that stuff, as soon as Urban got that job, all the narrative was is, you know, and I, and granted he made it, few you know major mistakes early on uh you know in his tenure there to to help this out but it was talked about so like damn much it's like shit i don't think i'm gonna make it i might as well just you know <laughs> you know hire this dude you know not fly home do this do that and just get this thing over with so they quit talking about me but no i think generally they they want to see these guys you know they you know do well um you know if a guy hasn't like paid his dues you know, and, and have a resume, this, that, there might be some guys that, you know, say, God, you know, why, why this guy, you know, what, what has he done, whatever, you know, like that. But I think generally, you know, guys like to see guys do well, regardless where they come from. Chuck, could you take us through what your day looked like when you were the head coach of the Colts, say like a Wednesday in season, what that looked like from start to finish? Sure, I was always early, early morning guy, AJ. I'd like to get up and get my workout in early, um, you know, because if I didn't get that in early uh, in the day at the facility, find, yeah. what's at that? the facility? Your workout yeah, always had, is at the facility. Okay, I had my uh, Peloton there set up right next to my desk, so I, I get in there and, and ride that thing. And you could put I, you could put the film on, get on the Peloton, you know, ride for forty five, you know, type A, get a bunch of things done at once, you know. And then, uh, you know, the rest of the staff comes in, you know, that first team meeting, uh, we had special teams meeting, was like at uh, 7.30, and then, you know, around 8 o'clock, 8, 8.15, we have a, our first team meeting. Wednesday, Wednesday was <laughs> the first and second down day, and, and so we introduced first and second down. Uh, I would go in and start that meeting, 
and all the coaches and, and players, you know, really loved that meeting. And I could tell, you know, all the coaches in the back, you know, looking at their watches and I'd be going on and talking about, you know, here's what we got to do, special teams, offense, defense. Then we'd break up from that. They'd go to position meetings. We'd have a walkthrough, come in, eat lunch, go back out, uh, have a, you know, a couple hour practice, come back in, have a 45 minute to an hour meeting uh, with the players, kick them out of the building. We ate dinner as a, as a coaching staff in the pavilion there. And then we'd go to work on, on third down that night. We'd, We'd go back and break up offense and, and defense and, and start game planning for third down and, and, and two minute and maybe get a jump on, on red zone. And then, you know, somewhere, you know, late in, late in the evening, sometimes early evening, we didn't, we, we, we got to be pretty efficient. So we, we weren't grinding until two, three in the morning, nothing crazy like that. But that was a typical Wednesday. Two, three a.m. Yeah, that's crazy. Tom McMahon, I remember walking in, his ass had his little pillow and his little blanket for him. <laughs> You know, because he's kind of elf on a shelf size. So it was like, are you are you sleeping here? Yeah, I was just saying here last night. You know, we got to fix a lot of that. I'm like, I don't know if just sleeping here is going to fix that, dude. I, I don't know if the person who was supposed to get a block that didn't get a block, I don't know how much film you can watch that make that fucking guy get that block next time. But hey, who am I, Tom? I don't know who the hell I am. Yeah. And uh, But keep doing it, Tom. We appreciate you. Chuck, we, we have appreciated your service as a head coach. I think as a team, we should have told you guys more, I assume. That doesn't happen. But I think you know from the respect level of all your players as you kind of go forward. And hour three is wrapping up here on this beautiful Coaches Up Chuck Wednesday. Remember to enter on Twitter, hashtag PMS100K. Say something nice about somebody going into the holiday. You could potentially win one of 10 10,000 things we'll see you on overreaction monday have the greatest christmas of all time cheers fucking that's the first hard out i've hit today oh yeah okay the last two we've just powered right through chuck that's it's been bad important. it's been bad that's hosting right. but we did send it off on the right way uh ty has a question for you coach yeah coach we've talked about the packers special teams ad nauseum this year and I'm, I'm pretty sure coach drayton was on your staff at what point during the year like does the head coach kind of like what are those conversations that lafleur is having with him on a week-to-week basis when you know like we have a team that can win the super bowl the special teams is clearly our weakness and like at this point in the season is there really anything that can be done to shore things up yeah i mean they're they're watching that tape obviously uh together and going through um whatever you know good stuff the the bad stuff looking at the mistakes yeah mo was with us you know pat has talked uh, about mo a lot and i've got great you know admiration and and respect for for mo um he's a first timer you know running the whole thing and pat could tell you firsthand just how difficult uh that job is you know because you touch everybody uh you know on the roster so um and that's not easy uh you know jumping into that deal but uh more than capable him and him and matt are, are, are talking and you know just like tommy and i would come together and 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 go through the game plan prior and try to say okay we can eliminate a lot of this stuff, you know, before we ever get get to Sunday. You know, the game plan can be tight. Uh, it can be simple. Um, identify, you know, the opponent's strengths. You know, do we want to kick to this guy or do we not want to kick to this guy? And if we don't want to kick to him, kick the some bitch 45 yards, you know, down the field on the sideline out of bounds. You know, and and don't kick it. Who was that little speedster? You know, uh, was it Dem- was it Denver? Trendon Holiday, yeah, that was supposed to be a touchback. Yeah, Denver. Yeah, that was supposed you know, to be right a- before the half, and should have kicked the thing out of bounds, and we kicked it to him. He picked oh, yeah. it up on his own three yard line and housed out. Right, that Table. almost got me run. So that's the kind of conversations that oh, Matt, you know, and, and Mo are having, and he's talking to his his group, and 
and and like Pat said, I mean those guys, those guys. There's nothing that Mo can tell a gunner, you know, running down. They they drill it and drill it and drill it and drill it, that to run slap into the damn returner and not have some awareness of where this guy, <laughs> some spatial awareness, you know, Mo didn't physically run down there and knock the hell out of that guy, you know, and cause that to happen, you know. And guys, they I I know they they preach and they talk about fundamentals and technique and hands inside and. We can't have double team blocks, and we can't hold, we can't grab, all those kind of things. And, and guys panic, you know, out there. Players panic and are worried about, especially on special teams, you might be bottom end of the roster, you know, and just hanging on for dear life, and you don't want your guy to be the guy that makes a tackle. So they're going through all, the, all everything, you know, heading into, you know, this next week against the Browns and, you know, talking about the struggles that they have. But I'm here to tell you, Mo, Mo's a hell of a guy and a hell of a football coach and a, and a bright guy. So... They'll get things short out. It was awesome on those Wednesday meetings. You know, we go through the three keys to victory. And the number one key to victory would be Pat. Can't have any return yards from this guy. All right, thank you. We can settle that. Number two, Vinny, make all your kicks. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Can we do that? And on the return team, let's keep on, let's hold on to the ball and let's win the field position, right? If we do that, it was like, that is the easiest task of all time. And you and you and Tom are basically like, this is what we have to do. This is all we have to do. Let's figure out how to do it and let's get there. And that was almost on repeat, but it's real. It's like, if you can do just the boring at a high level in a special teams department, you are slaughtering. And in the end, it'll pay dividends. But you got a lot of guys that aren't playing special teams ever in their life showing up and being taught how to do a pass set shed without doing a penalty, running down, keep good leverage, all at like 20 miles an hour and make a tackle that they're not used to tackling that has to happen. Special teams, it could be, I mean, I think the Packers are living on that edge right now. Mm -hmm. That could be a detriment to an entire fucking year of work. You know, just one play, one person out of a lane. And it's like, you just got to remain boring almost. Like it, it stinks, but that's a real thing for special teams. And how about all the guys, you know, that they're having to work with now? If you got 10, 12 guys on, on COVID and you bring a bunch of guys up from the practice squad or you have to sign a bunch of guys off the street, you know, that don't even know your terminology, uh, you know, your verbiage, uh, the techniques, and, and you're throwing those guys out there and they're getting an opportunity of a lifetime and they may just say, F it, you know, and throw caution to the wind and go do whatever the hell they want to do to try to I'm make I'm going rogue! <laughs> I'm going rogue! I'm going to make a play. I'm going to be around here for a long time. Oh, shit. That guy's faster than I am. Hey, this thing right here, you you can't, this posture, and, and leading, leading with the top of your helmet and spearing a guy, you can't do that anymore. Where have you been? That's, that's out of the game. It's a great way to miss a tackle, too. You know, you always know if somebody's off balance and they're running and it's full speed, they're like, oh, I'm going to make a play. As soon as you put your head down, the person that is about to potentially get slaughtered also sees that you can't see anything. So you're just flying by, hoping for a block in the back, I guess. But that can turn ugly, especially with all the talent at returner now. Yeah. It used to be back in the day only one or two teams had a guy. Now everybody's got a 4-2, 4-3 guy back there. And at any moment can change. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Chuck, uh, Mac Jones said after the game, you know, they had a bad week of practice. What does that kind of entail? And as a head coach, how do you kind of not let that snowball to the next week and kind of get back on track as a team? Yeah, that's crazy that it even came out of uh, Mac's mouth. I'm sure it'll be the last time 
there were talks about, you know, practice up there. Okay, you know, hey, so that's how you took that because he is a rookie. I assume he was just echoing what Bill said after the game. But you're right. That has been a take by some people like, hey, what are you even saying out there? Like that has been what some people have thought. I'm, I'm intrigued to hear that you think that as well. Yeah, I don't – again, you never hear any type of laundry, you know, in, in the media. And so I don't, I don't think other than just the normal, hey, you know, I didn't play well. I've got to do this better. I can't. I got to take care of the football. I can't throw interceptions. I missed these reads. I, I got to get us in the right play, and and then it, that's it. Less is always more, but you know, um, I'm sure again, you know, he had a, he had a sit down. The head coach is the guy that talks about the injuries and and whether we practiced well or you know we played well and all that stuff. And you know, so like Bill always says in a game like that, hey, we didn't coach well, we didn't play well, we didn't do anything well. So they'll go back and. And, um, you know, fixing, I mean, they got a huge game at home against Buffalo. And, again, I don't, I, I was surprised that, that Max said that, you know, about, because usually nobody really says, hey, you know, that's just a, an excuse to me. It's like, okay, we had a bad week of practice. And it, it wasn't the fact that, you know, Indy, Indy played their ass off. You know, number one, they don't ever want to give Indy any credit, you know, where credit's due, you know, and they can't stand the fact that, that they lost to those guys. Um, anybody, you know, and, and, you know, so certainly it was because it, you know, Jonathan Taylor didn't, you know, run through him like shit through a goose, you know, <laughs> and, and, and they, you know what I mean? I, I mean, so they don't, they ain't going to give them any credit. So it must be practice, but in all seriousness, I, you know, you can say what you want to say, but I, I don't, you know, I tell a young man, don't don't talk about how practice went this, that, and the other. Let's just I assume you know, Bill simple. I assume Bill is telling him those things and Bill has been through all of this before droughts and he'll be back on oh, the other yeah. side of it, that team. But I think the standard even if it's a faux comment from coaches is gotta give a lot of credit to that locker room over there. You know, they tried, they worked hard, good coaches, good team. Today just wasn't their day. Like, I feel like that is something that is said on a regular basis. You know, got to give credit to the other team. Even if you just fucking killed a team, there's always, like, uh, give credit to that team. They worked hard over there. It just wasn't their day. Or if they win, got to give credit to that team. They played incredible today. We did not. So I guess in that standpoint, it was a little bit interesting to say, like, try to diminish what the Colts accomplished. But... He's Mac Jones. I don't think he's going anywhere for a long time. I'm Guys, what was that deal I saw a, a short clip where Bill was apologizing to the media? Uh, yeah, because he said he snapped or something. He said he was a little bit too short, basically. Yeah, he said, like, they asked him kind of a similar question uh, a few times in a row, and he basically just said, like, all right, I'll say it for the 20th time. I don't know what happened. And he, didn't re- he, he was pissed off at the media. Yeah, but Bill never talks, right, to anybody. So I think – him recognizing that I was a little bit too hard. Yeah, or he never apologizes, especially to the media. I feel yeah, has like he ever he done that in his, in his career? Have we seen him apologize no. to the media? It's a new bill. That's new right. Bill no, he's hip. Like, you, to your point, you said, you know, it was, I was a little short. Well, when's he been long? Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, with, with those type of things, but if you ask him, like, about a long snapper, yes. and he went into this diatribe that was, you know, 15 minutes long, mm-hmm. You know, the manuscript was was this big on it. You know, he loves to, you know, talk, you know, about specific things like that. But he's never, he's always been short with his comments, win, lose, draw, tie, whatever, especially after a game. But I, I was a little bit surprised when I saw that. So how what do you think? He was, what do you think? The Grinch's heart grew three sizes that day? Is that what you thought? Oh, we're seeing a little, seeing a little turning of the page here from old Billy B? Is that what you're saying? No, I 
I was kind of wondering, like, did somebody say something to him, you know? Uh, and like, hey, Linda, you're really short with these, you know, whatever. Hey, would I, Tina I, say that to you? Would Tina say that to you? You do yeah. a bad press conference, Tina come up and say, well, you sounded like a fucking idiot up there. Did that happen or you were a little bit too hard on this? Is that is there a sounding board? I assume there has to be right through the whole coaching year. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was scared to death. walk into my office after the presser and, and, and meet the wrath of, of Tina, whether it was thumbs up or thumbs down or what are you talking about? He goes, she goes, can you hear, you know, the questions they're asking you? Because sometimes your answer isn't even close to what they ask. <laughs> uh, you should let her know. You know, that's selective hearing. You learn it in, uh, you learn it in uh, marriage. Go ahead, Tone. Coach, speaking of the Colts running through a team like shit through a goose, um, the Cardinals are a bottom bottom five team in stopping the run, and they, obviously they know the Colts are going to run the ball. Like as a defensive coordinator, what do you like? What can you do defensively when you know the other team is just going to come at you, and that's your weakness? Yeah, you hope and pray. I mean, just keep adding uh, tone, keep adding guys to the to the box. Yeah. So Vance will, you know, like they say, they'll load the box and they'll get one extra guy down there. They'll have to, you know, put an extra safety down there. Um, maybe come with versus 12 pack and maybe come up with uh, a different uh, personnel group where you get uh, bigger and thicker, uh, if you will, across the, the front line. But um, again, everybody's tried to do that. And, and this kid just somehow, some way uh, figures it out. I think, you know, Frank and the staff uh, over there do a great job with the, with the scheme runs uh, and, and scheming up some things to, to get this guy loose. And, and, and with a guy like JT, again, they're going to drop guys in. So I think there's going to be things on the outside, you know, for Carson because the middle's going to be closed. You're going to have those corners on islands. They're going to be on one-on-one -on -one situations a lot. So the play-action pass, things like that to loosen those guys up, um, you know, over at Arizona. But, you know, you can play great run defense for, you know, a bunch of snaps, you know, and when you look at it and you see the 79-yarder, right, so they probably – he probably was only averaging, he had, what, 29 carries? Hey, they got to stick with it, though, Chuck. This happened in uh, uh, Cleveland the other night. Chubb was only averaging 1.2, 1.2, and they they had him on the sideline. He was the only healthy superstar they had. And everybody's like, well, he's not getting anything. It's like, he's not, right. When, though? Like, 24's coming, boom, out of nowhere. Like, that is just, I don't know why people don't stick with it. I assume defensive-minded, you feel the exact same. No, we lose our mind over there, and, Shit, he's averaging seven yards a carry. Put him, take, get some water. He's obviously tired. And let's just start throwing it every snap. You know, it's it's idiotic. It's it, you scratch your head when you when you see. I saw the same thing, Pat. When you brought Chubb out, I mean, he's the only guy. Get full Chubb back in the game. Let's go and and keep handing it to him. You know, until they prove they can stop it. Because again, you play great run defense, and a guy's averaging two eight. 3-0, which is awesome, you know, per carry. And then, boom, he splits the defense, you know, and you got everybody at the line of scrimmage, and he breaks that last line of defense, and a guy like JT can go to the house, you know, from there. And so now, now you know, you look at the stat sheet, and it looks looks pretty bad. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that, you know. You know, guys get, you know, they get impatient. And we used to say that all the time in defense, and AJ's probably heard this a bunch, is, you know, they don't have the patience. You know, their egos at some point are going to get in the way of just sticking with the run. You know, touchdown check, like the check downs, check down. And we always told Andrew, don't turn down a profit. 
You know, if it it's not there, don't force it down the field. Just just take take the check down, get it into his hands, and let us you know run for six, seven, eight yard, whatever it is. But defensively, we just always felt like make them go the long hard way because at some point they're going to screw it up. They're going to put the ball on the ground. You know, they're going to get impatient. They'll force something. Quarterback will force something. You know, we create a turnover. We'll get a red zone stop. Uh, what have you? But yeah, I don't understand that. Stop the run early, right, Chuck? There's a lot of teams you would go into knowing, hey, if we shut down the run early, they're going to go away from it. They're not going to come back to it. So we just got to make sure we stand up in the first quarter. Like, did you see that happen sometimes? Yeah, no question. And then if you answer, you know, you stop the run early and get a couple, you know, three and outs, you know, and then you put seven, ten points on the board, you know, you force teams because a lot of them, you know, still will get away with, uh, from the run too early, uh, you know, and they'll get you'll make them one-dimensional that way, but – no, you you have to uh, you have to show up early, and and that's where the good to me the good coaches the good coordinators they'll stick with it and, and keep plugging away and keep plugging away and, and keep that thing close and you know again it only takes you know it only takes one you know to to hit you and uh, you know that kid can can go the distance It'll, I can't wait for that that's a sad that's a Christmas Day game Saturday right? night after Packers Browns too I mean we get Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams potentially breaking a record on the same ball uh, 443 for Aaron and 66 for Devontae which would be the most uh, between a quarterback and wide receiver in Packers history who would pass Jordy Nelson mm-hmm. and Aaron Rodgers who are at 65 on the same ball that could happen and then Colts Cardinals at night. I mean, it's fucking awesome. Christmas is awesome this year. Uh, we hope you have an incredible Christmas. We can't thank you enough for this entire year. The It's been awesome chatting with you. We're very, very thankful for you, Coach. Likewise, and Merry Christmas to you guys. I appreciate you guys. Now, I don't know if there's any vegan gobbledygool, but good luck with everything <laughs> else you got cooking over there. Hey, so I don't ever get asked to do the Super Boost, but the Super Boost to me, I don't know what you can get it up to, is, is that – that uh, history-making, you know, throw and catch between those two dudes, that that's happening. Believe me, they worked on that yesterday. They worked on it, you know, today. They're they're sleep, they're thinking about it, they're dreaming. About Aaron's manifesting like a mofo right now. So, <laughs> so is Devontae. That, that's happening for sure. Okay, so Chuck. Here we go. Wow. Saddling up a super boost. Yeah, awesome. We appreciate you. Have an incredible Christmas. Tell everybody we said hello. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. Chuck McGonagall. Thank you, Chuck. Chuck. Thank you all so much. You're the fucking greatest humans of all time. Remember, hashtag endopod squad. E-N-D-O-F-S-Q-U-A-D. Tweet where you're listening from. You might win some merch. Ty has been given away a shit ton of those. And if you listen this long, you're the best, dude. The absolute best. We owe you so much. We're forever indebted. And uh, you're the greatest. We'll be back Monday. Please be a friend. Tell a friend. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful, incredible, amazing, majestic holiday weekend. Cheers. Cheers.